Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19. I'm sorry. Where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? <laughs> they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down, like the drain comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City, part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you back for 2022, starting, what is it, our 13th season of the the Takeout Podcast? That's just insane. I can't believe it. Unbelievable, like, what we've been been doing, all the things we've done together. I'm so glad we've all been a part of it, and I hope your holidays were good. Hope your new year was good, and I hope your new year's off to a good start. Hope you're safe and healthy. I know that Omicron is all over the place. And certainly I was no different. Uh, I was affected by it in a big way. Um, I won't go into details, but, uh, you know, just be safe. That's all I'm going to say. And um, sports have been great. Football has been unbelievable. We had a great bowl season. But with the greatness in football and both college and pro comes some sadness. We learned over the last week that our, that an incredible institution, John Madden, died. I was very sad to see that news. You know, he lived a long, good life. And I'm... I'm blessed to have, been, have have had the experience of watching him broadcast games and do commercials and things like that, you know. And he was more than that. I mean, for people older than me, he was a great coach. You know, he coached the Raiders for a good decade, took him to took him to a Super Bowl win in 1976 against the Minnesota Vikings. It was a really, really great, really great achieve, crowning achievement for a team that apparently just kept couldn't win the big one in a big spot. And uh, so you, everybody was rooting for John by the end of that. And it was really great that he, he, he pulled through. And uh, he did in a lot of ways. And I think the thing about John that really strikes me is so interesting is that he pretty is, is one of the greatest examples of taking le- making lemonade out of lemons. And when you go back to when he was coaching, like he would have all these misfits and these guys who were like rough around the edges and he turned them into a great team. And I, I just think there's something really to be said about making winners out of anybody. He did it again when he when he couldn't fly anymore because he had a serious panic attack on a plane trip. I believe it was either from Tampa Bay, Tampa or to Tampa, and it was just too much for him. He said, "I'm done." So he makes the most of that and he gets the Madden Cruiser and he and he create and he creates an incredible cultural institution of in itself, like just having this these these cross trip tours and getting to meet all sorts of people from all over the country. And um, making friends wherever he went. And he went coast to coast all the time, like when he was doing it. And then he did it again. Like he, well, because of his inability to fly, he had to, he had to stop coaching. So, you know, just, just fate finds him. He finds a spot at CBS and starts doing football games. Then he gets paired with a veteran of the game. And even up to that point, he had been just a huge part of CBS Sports, Pat Summerall. And then they start doing games for well over 20 years. Incredible. Like, it's the the world that he's created for all of us has been great. So when somebody like John Madden goes, uh, we all know about it. And um, and so, you know, my condolences to the, the, the Madden family. He just seemed like the nicest guy, too. And that's the thing that, that kind of sticks with me. You know, an, a commitment to excellence, an enthusiasm for, enthusiasm for the game of football. But, it seemed, but, uh, but with that, it's just an enthusiasm for people. 
and I can appreciate that. I think it's really great. Um, so I appreciate you letting me talk about that a little bit. But uh, man, we're gonna miss him. You know, I'm glad he kept uh, kept in touch with the game even after he retired. And uh, you know, just three days after the All Madden All Madden documentary aired on Fox, you know, just an, an incredible life. And uh, we're glad to be a part of it. Now, on a, I don't want to diminish the life of Dan Reeves, who also died several days later. But he was a very good. He was a pretty good coach too. He coached John Elway in his formative years. He was also a coach for the for the uh, Falcons. Incredible spot. But uh, you know, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later too. But certainly, that that's one to be missed as well. So um, a lot of happiness, high euphoric highs, and then some a tinge of sadness to go with it as we begin the new year. But um, let's go ahead and introduce our panel. Like it's it's really good to to roll into things. Um, and uh, but let's do that first. We'll recap what's happened in the last couple weeks, and we're ready to kick off the new year with another round of football picks. Yeah, because of the extended season. Let's hit it. All right, all right. Football picks week nineteen. Let's let's see what's going on. Well, I, it looks to be a victory lap for John in the season. But last week I had the unbelievable fortune of actually winning a week. I went four and zero in the picks, so that's a fluke. I, I, that is not going to happen again <laughs> for a while. But good for but I, I'm happy. So Andy went three and one uh, in week number eighteen. John went two one and one, a very solid week. And Ron was two and two. So nobody had a losing week last week. Um, we had to do two weeks worth of picks for the guest picks because we skipped a week for the guests. So Dave in Queens is nice to do that for us. He went four and four in the extended guest picks. Pretty good stuff. I think he missed one of them by a point too. So the Buffalo game should have been a cover as well, but it was it was pretty close. So the standings, John. Right at the very top of the pack, 41, 28, and 1. Good spot. Andy just behind at 37 and 33, but I believe he is mathematically eliminated from first. We can confirm in a moment. Ron is in second or in third place at 33, 36, and 1. And I'm bringing up the rear at 32, 37, and 1. It was just not a good year. And that's with a 4 0 week. So that just gives you an idea how bad it's been. Guest picks this year 30, 38, and 2. Things have leveled off a little bit, which is a good thing, because they had a really bad start. Um, and that's how we start tonight. Um, leading off 2022 and ending our football picks contest. Uh, it's nice to get everybody back. So let's first uh, introduce our friends from from the from the panel. It's just I haven't seen you guys in a while. And you know, you know, John, it's nice to see you on tonight. And I noticed you have a Wisconsin Badgers pullover. This is so interesting to me. How are you doing tonight? Wait, I can't hear you. What's going on? Hold on a second. I don't know what. Oh, shoot. John, I can't hear you. Hold on. Hold on. This is, might be my fault. Hold on a sec. Oh, gosh. This is insane. Can you hear me now, Dave? Oh, I do, actually. Yeah, yeah. Was it was it on your end? It, it, it was on my end. I don't oh, know. Okay. My mic messed up. But in any event, yeah. Um, Happy New Year to all you guys, to everyone listening. Okay. Um, yeah, I know if you're not watching on YouTube, I do have a Wisconsin... Uh, pullover on this is from my trip to green bay i was in the appleton wisconsin airport and i was like oh okay this is only 20 dollars. let me let me uh, just get this as a little kind of a little memento i did get some green bay gear but i wanted something like wisconsin flavored so um go ahead and made a spontaneous purchase so i'll be part of my just kind of hanging around rotation my wisconsin badgers uh 
gear at the moment. But um, yeah, it was a great bowl season. I think we can go into some of that in terms of wagering, picks, uh, bowl mania, the whole bit. And the NFL has been it's been crazy. So um, good to get back into it with all you guys tonight. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, it, it's nice to talk football with you guys. It's been fun talking football throughout the entire season, and I'm so glad you all did well in not only the like the picks against the spread, but also our pick'em pool. That was great. I see that. I know that I'm in the mix. I'm in third place. I think you're in the mix too, aren't you? Just above me in second. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, I'm in second, and then my dad is in first. So it's a pretty we're doing pretty well this year. That's at awesome. The moment, a lot can change based on the final game, and Andy's right in the mix too. So yeah. We'll have to, I don't know. There's a lot of strategy here for the for the final game next week. It's going to be a really interesting conversation. We'll get to that when we get to the college uh, CFP championship game later. But Andy's joining us as well. Andy, how is? Wow, Andy, you've got a little tan going. How are you doing? Yeah, a little, little, little fry, uh, Kramer, <laughs> uh, the Kenny Rogers roasters. But no, I've, uh, I've, I've been waiting in the chat. I don't know what happened, and I see John's wearing a Wisconsin Badger shirt. I don't know what happened. I have to listen to the beginning of the show, but uh, <laughs> we're here. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about the Bulls. I, um, I was texting with John a couple days ago. Like it didn't really feel like blazing the big bulls when the big bulls were on i don't know why maybe because i was like first world problem i I just got back on vacation and i was like in melancholy mode but it didn't really feel like new year's day bowl games except for the rose bowl but as we'll talk about when we do the bowl recap those lower tier medium tier bowl games like mid-december through december 22nd like those have the standalone flavor to it give me more give me more of those meaningless bowl they're not meaningless give me (laughs) give me those bowl games give me give me all those bowl give me wyoming and uh who do wyoming play uh wyoming kent state from boise every year give me that give me that standalone old dominion tulsa game give it to me and uh in another universe ecu is beating bc Oh yeah, yeah. That's a shame. I really. That's a shame that game got canceled. I was looking forward to that one too. And and NC State UCLA. Like ah oh, man, I really yes, wanted to see that. Oh. Francesca tweeted. Francesca wanted to watch that bowl game because he was like, "What? Is they, why didn't they just wait till kickoff to cancel that game?" <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. And Ron joining us tonight. Hello, Ron. It's good to see you. Hey, right what's going on? Good man. Yeah, happy New Year. It's yeah, good to, you. it's good to talk to you again. Right on. Uh, so yeah, how are how have your last couple of weeks been yourself? Yeah, it's it's been. I'm sure like everybody else, it's been crazy with uh, everything mm-hmm. going on. But uh, mm-hmm. definitely uh, enjoyed the football, and you know, I, I've enjoyed uh, following uh, Andy's uh, Andy's ongoing thread on uh, on the Twitter <laughs> about his uh, his ball experiences. <laughs> so, I love it. It's always a good thing. Oh, Ron, quick question: How's the kitchen work looking to you right now? It's it's actually it's it's almost done. We're nice. about like a, a couple of weeks away, but uh, you know, with the the Omicron and everything, it's kind of slowed everything oh, sure, to sure. Uh, to to a halt. Um, but you know, that's like like Andy said, that's first world problems. So I'm not complaining. Right? No, I'm glad you guys are oh, more, for the most part fine. Unless I just didn't hear something about it. That's good to hear. I'm really glad you guys are okay. You know. Yeah. Good to know. Um, 
it's just good to see you again. I haven't seen you on the show in a while, so I'm glad to got, got to catch up with you, my friend. So uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's been a while. It's, yeah, it's been a while, and uh, you know, I'm, I, let me just say, I'm jealous that uh, that Andy is, is so tan and got. I know, the, Andy, you had a day. You, you had yeah, a. But he's not allowed to. Andy is not allowed to feel melancholy because oh baby told us that that is not correct. You are wrong, <laughs> my friend. That is true. I I I mean, I. Uh, he, I think he he trolls everybody no matter where he is. That's his, that's his stick. I find, I'm convinced he just that's his thing. Like, doesn't matter what subject we're talking about. I remember we talking about gambling, and he's like, "Oh, you, what's up with you? Got to be special degenerate to be talking about this." I'm like, "This guy loves every Fanduel under the sun." <laughs> Uh, it's true true story yeah he actually texted me um asking hey can you loop me in on the nba one like absolutely absolutely can but like the two years ago ron you remember like like roughly two years ago he's like i i don't do nba i'm out of nba this year he's all about nba he he gave me like a uh you know like a 10 paragraph essay on why it wasn't (laughs) worth doing the nba (laughs) that's right that's right good for him though i'm glad he's in in the mix it's good for him i'm happy yeah, that's him. So yeah, know, for let sure. Him, let him be who he is. <laughs> well, <laughs> how are we doing in the NBA thing? Let's go take a look. Let's go take a look here. Well, while we, I do- took some guy from from uh, I think the Pacers, and he has like six points through three quarters. So I'm, I'm <laughs> no, no. Well, you have to do that to win those, though. You know, like you have to take risks yeah. like that. So it's all right. I so. don't know how you guys can be doing NBA Fanduel right now. You don't even know who's playing until like an <laughs> that, hour before the game. That's it's yeah, like that's a completely fair thing. point. <laughs> it's a completely yeah, I, I cannot bet, and even like college basketball is just almost impossible to bet right now because it's just it's just so crazy in terms of the yeah. COVID situations. But hey, you know what? If you can find an edge somehow, I mean, you know, you're gonna you're gonna do pretty well. Yeah, we're for sure, for sure. Well, the NFL somehow managed to avoid a lot of this. I mean, not not necessarily postponements. We've seen plenty of those. Like we've also seen plenty of players ruled out. You know, good example was the your Packers. Like they had an easy win thanks to uh, Kirk Cousins not playing. I mean, that was as easy as win I could remember from the Packers. Um, be fair, Dave. They were going to kick their ass even if Cousins was in. I was, that's a very, I was thinking about the same, very similarly, because I'm like, they, they own them. It's like I wasn't really worried about it. So, good point. Um, so, we'll stay with you for John. Let's look, talk about the NFL first. We'll get into last week's action. I mean, and we'll, you know, boy, what can you say? Like, I, I think the Cowboys kind of, I have to say, kind of predictable because after they beat around Washington like by 50 what was it 50 points or something like and then the, the Washington team had like two teammates fighting with each other it's like you knew they were not going to play that well the next week it just was a matter of time but let's get your recap last week yeah that was the kind of the highlight game of the late window and um you know Kingsbury we we have this theory with him like when he's a significant dog he's much much better of a play compared to when he's a favorite and you remember on Christmas they laid that egg against the Colts who were down like their entire starting offensive line and they still couldn't beat the Colts I mean um and you know and they're reeling like losing how many in a row you think oh my goodness maybe they're gonna miss the playoffs and they come out and put together uh a great game I mean the, the Cowboys couldn't stop anything that Murray was doing and they couldn't get anything going on offense and it just kind of shows you that um, you know, Dallas is really not the team who, you know, I don't think they're going to be winning the conference championship this year. I mean, they're a good team, um, but maybe not 
quite as dominant as, as you said, that when they uh, had the game against Washington the week before, I mean, just everything went right for them. And, um, you know, it's kind of like those classic, you're not as bad as you look, but you're not as good as you look either in, in some of those games. And that definitely was the case mm-hmm. with um, the game against Arizona. And, um, you know, essentially, you know, they won the division, but now like there's the seating is basically locked up at this point for them. So it's kind of a meaningless game for them coming up. Um, yeah, you had some really crazy action in the uh, early window. Um, I mean, <laughs> let's get right to Antonio Brown. Like, who's ever man? Man, what a way to quit your job! Like, what that <laughs> is just crazy. Just like, I, apparently, he said he was injured. That the coaches wanted to put him in. He didn't want to go in because he was hurt. And um, you know, obviously, just walked off the field, and his career is a buck is over. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some team will take another chance against him, but. Hey, you know, the, the Bucks they they came back and they got the win. Brady, they gave Brady a chance. And when you give Brady a chance with two minutes left, uh, he's going to make you pay. I honestly don't understand why the Jets didn't kick a field goal there. I mean, like, okay, if you get the first down, the game is over. But at least you're, you're guaranteeing at least overtime at that point by kicking the field goal. Or at least maybe do a different play call. Like, it, that was like fourth and three. And they're trying to do a quarterback sneak at the – in the strength of the right into the strength of the Bucks defense with their defensive tackles, like that was kind of kind of interesting. But you know, uh, Tampa was saved in that regard, I and mean, I don't think it really mattered in terms of. I mean, they're going to win the division anyway, um, but it kind of saved them from a, I guess, an embarrassing kind of loss. But you know, the Bucks have been struggling on the road, and just in general, they're just kind of in turmoil. But you know what? They got Brady, and, and come playoff time, he'll be he'll be ready to go for sure. And of course, the other game in the early window was just that insane Cincinnati-Kansas City game. I mean, what else can you say? I mean, uh, Joe Burrow has really elevated himself this year uh, into one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. And you can see it in LSU when he was at LSU, just all the the talent he had. It was just a matter of time. He just kind of put it all together. And when you surround him with weapons like Chase and Higgins and Mixon, um, even Zach Taylor can't fuck it up, and, but he almost did though at the end of the game with his, with his play call. Oh, that I was mean, rough. I had no yeah. idea what they were doing. Like, it just. Uh, I mean, I had a I had a bad beat story for that game, but um, yeah, I mean, like three straight quarterback sneaks it was from like the one yard line, and then they get bailed out on the penalty yep. to give them another chance. Like there's offsetting penalties, and then they, he gets bailed out again on the penalty to give them first and goal on the inch line which essentially ended the game because Kansas city had no timeouts. Um, but my, my all about me story from that game is, so I've been doing these like same game parlays uh, on, um, on the various sports books. And I had one that was going to pay very, very nicely. I had uh, Jamar chase, anytime touchdown score, Daryl Williams, anytime touchdown score, Joe Burrow over like 260 yards uh, Bengals plus seven and a half. Uh, over 51 and the last leg I needed was Patrick Mahomes over 260 uh, 289 yards so he had 260 going into that final drive that the Bengals had so all I needed was Mahomes to get one more touch with the ball and of course that those shenanigans at the end of the game happened and uh, it wasn't meant to be but anyway no one wants to hear about my, my sob story <laughs> it's a degenerate mode of the week Mitchell John I love it, it ex- yeah exactly you don't know how many times I've hit like uh, three out of four legs or four out of five legs. And one of those, I guess those are why those are suckers bets because they, you know, that, mm-hmm. that happens to you a lot, but in any event, um, 
those are two of the, the crazy games of the early window. Um, the Rams just barely came back to beat the Ravens. I mean, uh, and keep their division hopes alive. I mean, Baltimore's just really didn't just snake bit all year, uh, but they really gave a, a great effort in that game. Um, the Raiders uh, with a, a great, great win at, at the Colts. And who would have thought it now? It's the final game of the year. Colts and I'm sorry, Chargers and Raiders for the last playoff spot in the AFC. That'll be a good game. I mean, I'm definitely into that on, on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there, I mean, there are a bunch of other blowouts. Uh, you know, the rest of the guys can talk about or just add on to, to what I just mentioned. But, yeah, it was it was a pretty good weekend of uh, Sunday action. So it was a definitely definitely a good red zone day. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I was at my parents' house uh, that day, and my parent and my dad and I were watching the red zone, too, and there was so much juice. He was kind of a – he was a, he's a big Raider fan, and that was a nice win for the Raiders. That was a nice win. So that, that that's big time for them. Uh, let's go to Andy, and let's get your recap of last week's action. Yeah, I mean – uh, I, I feel like it was one of those weeks where, you know, you're going into the week and I mean, like it's college football and these games is like, you know, Buffalo favored by a million. The Patriots are favored by a million. You know, these teams, playoff contenders are matched up with non-playoff contenders. And it ended up being a pretty wild week uh, for selfish reasons. I was watching the Atlanta Buffalo game because we needed Buffalo to lose to Atlanta for the Patriots to have a shot at winning the AFC East. And there was one sequence, it's actually two, why are we even talking about this game? But the sequence that drives me nuts is the first series for Buffalo in the second half, third quarter, uh, Atlanta picks off Josh Allen for the third time and it's first and 10 from the Buffalo 28 yard line. They're up. I think they're up like 15 to 14 at the time or 15 to 12 out of Buffalo was losing. They just got intercepted and Atlanta had a chance to go up like, you know, nine points or 10 points or whatever. And they're in field goal range and they go incomplete three yard loss sack. And they punt from the Buffalo, you know, uh, it's like fourth and three or whatever from the 32 they take a delay a game on purpose so they punt from the buffalo 37 yard line and it's a touchback so all that for 17 yards and atlanta gives up a touchdown immediately and it's just like they're, they're not going to win this game and then matt ryan in the fourth quarter they're down um 14 with five minutes left and it's like uh second and goal and Matt Ryan sneaks it in, but like Tyler Henneke in the Green Bay game, like in the early fall, he uh, he like dives in and his knee, you know, his knee's down. And so when your knee is down as a quarterback, it's down at like the one yard line. He didn't know that. He, he, he taunts the defender. He gets a flag. And so, you know, at the time it's a touchdown, you know, Matt Ryan's taunting. That's going to be enforced on the kickoff. But no, no, no. Matt Ryan's down at the one yard line, the taunting penalty counts. So now instead of third and goal from the one, it's third and goal from the 15, two incomplete passes. That's Matt Ryan in a nutshell, you fucking wooden soldier. <laughs> anyway, that was, I've watched way too much of that game. Um, I watched way too much of that Giants game for uh, comedy's sake. The uh, Jet Buck game, as, as John mentioned, and uh, that, you know, that, 
last touchdown throw by Tom Brady, you know, got me a little erect. But uh, that 44-year-old man still throwing laser bombs, laser beams when he has to. Uh, you do worry about how they've kind of, uh, you know, the Saints always seem to have their way with them. Uh, Tom doesn't have as many weapons. Tom's 44. Uh, Leonard Fournette's out for the year. So, I mean, they have – a litany of question marks going into the postseason, but I think a lot of these teams do. I mean, you know, Green Bay notwithstanding, the Chiefs seem to be hitting their stride, notwithstanding that game against the Bengals. That was a crazy game. I think the the Bengals obviously are on the uh, the up and coming teams. You know, literally watch out for the Bengals. They're here. They're gonna be here. Uh, their coach is kind of a you know, kind of a dumb dumb, but. Uh, I think their skill position players can offset whatever dum-dum the coach can do from time to time. Um, yeah, Burrow is – he's appointment television. Chase is appointment television. Uh, nice to see Nance and Romo get a good game after that uh, that Chiefs-Steeler game. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was bad. That's going to be fun because they're, they're stuck on eight in because of that lion tie. Now they they, they got to beat – the Ravens, which they might. I think they could, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they can win. They're getting five and a half. Mm-hmm. The Ravens, they're stay, I think uh, their their affinity for close games is starting to swing the other way. You know, what's the word? Regression or mm-hmm. course correction, whatever you want to call it. Like every game that they lose seems to be like it's the hair of their chinny chin chin. And then, um, you know, I'm not. You worry about the Rams. I know the Rams had been playing well, but you know they uh, Stafford's kind of thrown a he's thrown a bunch of interceptions in the last few games. Big game against uh, San Francisco this weekend. Bingo on Kingsbury against the Cowboys. That game. Listen, we don't like Kingsbury, but getting six and a half, you had to take it. I mean, you don't have to take it, Captain Ophan, but we did. And then you know Murray. I think he's a little banged up, and uh, I feel like every year he's going to get banged up just because of, you know, he's he's like 5'9", five 5'10", five and he, the way he plays, he's going to be exposed to, you know, big hits, you know, big big men running, <laughs> trying to kill him. So, and when he's gimpy, he's not the same. But, uh, you know, the skies, you know, the only thing that holds the Cardinals back is, I think, Kingsbury with like clock <laughs> management, uh, game situations, particularly fourth quarter situations. Um, but they're they're still fun to watch for the most part. Um, the Sunday night game, I I boycotted. We'll talk about it at some point. The Sunday night broadcast is in deep trouble without Al Michaels. Without Al Michaels, that presentation is so bad and uh studio team too yeah trying to i can imagine collingworth trying to hype up sean mannion and saying this game <laughs> is big. I, I don't think so um but al will be doing the thursday night games next year so you know but you know this ref- is this a, is this like a prediction interesting i think it's like i think i've been hearing about that like, yeah it's heavy i think it's heavy innuendo if not like yeah. guaranteed maybe these guys know yeah, for like Amazon Prime Video or something like that, right? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, true yeah. story. Well, kind of true story. We don't know yet, but yeah. good times. And then um, I'm trying to think of what else was going on in the early game. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
I was on the wrong end of the stick because I'm not a big Tannehill guy, but if I use my brain, you should have seen Miami getting killed coming because they were due because the, as good as their as good as their season they're having, like the quarterbacks, I mean, their winning streak was against you know Glennon, it was against Taysom Hill, you know, it was against uh, you know probably throwing the Jets in there, throwing uh, you know, Carolina. You know, they weren't really beating Ian Book. Throw him in there, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they weren't beating the – yeah, they weren't beating – Not even Simeon. (laughs) The NFL. Yeah. So, um, but I'm not ready to, like, throw Tua to the street. I mean, as long as he's got Jalen Waddle to throw to. And uh, someone's going to have to be like, this is how you throw a ball in the rain. And – They'll figure it out. I don't think he's a total bust, but we'll see. We will indeed. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I think the one there hasn't been a lot of constants in. Um, there haven't been a lot of constants in the NFL this year, but one is the Giants is so freaking terrible, and I just keep getting amazed at how just how incompetent they really are, especially on offense. Uh, that was completely nonsensical point, but uh, let's go back to Ron. Let's get your thoughts on last week's action. Uh, yeah, you know, I was uh, I was uh, into the, the, the Jets game, um, you know, all afternoon. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with, uh, with John. They should have took the field goal and went up seven. But, uh, you know, I knew the game was over, um, you know, probably like a, I think it was a quarter before the start of the fourth quarter or something like that. They were up two touchdowns. Uh, and... Uh, they were really like controlling the game. I think uh, they had just sacked Brady, something like that. It was third and 20 from like the inside the 10 for the Bucks. And I think uh, actually that series is the one when Antonio Brown went nuts and, and ran off. Uh, and, and the Jets had all the momentum, third and 20. And, uh, and and Brady finds a guy for 21 yards. They get a first down. I think they ended up scoring a touchdown on that one. I, I knew right then they were going to lose. It didn't matter. They could have kicked the field goal they could have scored a touchdown at the end uh the Buccaneers were gonna win that's just uh it's just the Jets you know but um still you know they 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 played a decent game Zach Wilson played mm-hmm. a decent game so I was happy with that um and you're right Dave I mean I I was going back and forth between that game and the Giants game and yeah I, I don't think this is is hyperbole or anything but um the last like eight weeks eight games of the Giants I'm not sure if I've ever seen a worse NFL team than this version of the Giants. I mean, they they literally they I, I think the stat is something like they've had one offensive touchdown in the past like 36 quarters, something like that. I mean, I that's, think it, and I think it was in the building for that too. Was that against the Chargers? Yes, probably. Ter- that's terrible. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah, I, atrocious. It's, it's, it's unwatchable. Yeah, they won for a game. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I. I, I I love they the beat hate the Saints the with Jameis Winston earlier in the year when the Saints actually were okay. They yeah. went to New Orleans and won. They knocked me out yeah. of Survivor that week somehow. They won. I can't believe yeah. it. That's incredible. Yeah. It, it's it's amazing how much, you know, they, they've just regressed. It, it's amazing. And you can't say, like, the only guy they're, they're really missing is Daniel Jones. I mean, everybody yeah. else they have. And, and Daniel Jones isn't that good. So, you know, what happened there? Uh you know, Joe Judge is this. I mean, he's he's the gift that keeps on giving. He just he just keeps uh, getting wackier and weirder every week. So it's it's actually fun to sit back uh, 
you know, and watch it all unfold. Um, uh, that, that, yeah, I saw the ending of that, that Raiders Colts game, uh, you know, crazy that, that the Raiders are even in it, you know, and, yeah. and credit to them. And, and, and listen, we always give Derek Carr, uh, a, a hard time. Uh, and we know he's not half as good as, you know, some people try to make him out to be, but you got to give him credit too. He's there, you know, there, there's like four or five, like elite level quarterbacks in the NFL and the rest are really just like average um and, and kudos to him for making like the most of his <laughs> his averageness you know he 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 seems to you know not suck um you know every year like he just does enough to not be like the you know one of those the, the bad quarterbacks and, and and good on him for keeping the raiders in it uh, especially with with waller out for for really for long stretches of, of the season so and, and I mean, who are their their receivers? They're they're down to Hunter Renfro and and Zay Jones. So yeah. it's and, and they were missing Josh Jacobs for a large uh, chunk of the season too. So good for them. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs uh, Bengals game was crazy, uh, and and you kind of thought it was going to be going in, and, and it lived up to the hype, and that was good. Like uh, like Andy said for for Nance and Rome after the the stinker that they had the week before. Um, the uh, the Philly Washington game was was crazy and not really for the for the game itself because it was pretty boring. I was watching a little bit of that too, but uh, you know that ending sequence after um, the game was over when Jalen Hurts is is walking off the field and uh, and the railing collapses right in front of him with uh, with all the Eagles fans coming down. Uh, I mean, you talk about a, a just a, a god awful franchise. Yeah. That's that's Washington, man. They they need to to do something i know they're they're changing their name and the, their uniforms uh i think next month they're, they really? they're gonna i mean i, did, I yeah, knew about yeah, the yeah. name but i didn't know about the uniforms why are they doing that yeah yeah they have new uniforms they tease them it looks just like their their current uniforms they oh, okay. have like some stars or something on it but uh mm. um you know but they need more than that i mean daniel snyder needs to be gone uh yep. and and quickly you know he probably should have been gone 10 years ago yep. but <laughs> you know they they keep him around but that stadium needs to get uh torn down and something else gets it's built. a terrible um, stadium isn't it like i've always looked it, at it's it it's just awful it and, and i've never been there but isn't yeah. it like in the middle of nowhere too mm-hmm. like nobody even wants to go out there to see a game <laughs> you know yeah uh just yeah just just the, one of the worst owners that you could ever imagine yeah. um and uh yeah but I, I didn't really get into any of the afternoon games i tried to watch the sunday night game and uh my god i don't think i've ever seen someone <laughs> as unathletic as sean Mannion, uh <laughs> you know quarterbacking the vikings and you know the crazy thing is is you know i know kirk cousins is going to be out um but they drafted uh kellen mond from texas a&m in the uh i think the third or fourth round this year um so i mean there's, there's two games left in the season you know why not play him and see what he is? i mean we know what sean Mannion is uh you know he's uh you know a, a d-level backup in the nfl uh but they didn't play mond uh even though they were getting killed and they asked uh zimmer about it um the day after if, if he was going to play him this week if cousins was still out he said no, and, and they asked him why, and he said, well, I get to see him every day in practice, so I know enough not to play him. Um, so, mm-hmm. that's, you know, if that's not an indictment of either the coaching staff or the player, I mean, uh, Jesus Christ, I mean, that's uh, – can it possibly get worse than, than Sean Mannion starting? Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't think so. 
but uh, apparently uh, Kellen Mond is that bad that that Sean Mannion is 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 better than him, uh, and that's saying something. That is. So, does anyone want to comment on Big ben, on Big Ben's last game? Because it's kind of like one of the most overrated last home games I could ever remember. I'm sorry to say that, but I I I, I watched. I didn't watch any of the game. Mm-hmm. I had no interest in watching the Steelers. Yeah. It was Browns. an ugly game. I'll uh, say that. So you you didn't miss anything. It was an ugly game. Ugly game. Yeah, it was yeah. an ugly game. Yeah, yeah. I, I obviously like I tried yeah. to turn it on a little bit, and I was watching a lot of the the Eli and Peyton uh, stuff, which is is better than the regular broadcast, but. I, I, I turned it on to see the the post game with uh, with him, and it was the most awkward, <laughs> um, you know, well, ceremony or whatever it mm-hmm. was. You know, it was just him like walking around the stadium and the guys on ESPN uh, waxing poetic, um, and just you know, it's just such a weird uh, you know weird scene because I, I think everybody knows that deep down inside he's uh, he's probably not the best guy in the world. Uh, yeah, and, you know, he's got a lot of lot of history there that nobody wants to talk about so they can't really go over the top and uh and, and praise him and you know hold him on a pedestal mm-hmm. just uh just a weird uh scenario it is all the way around i'm glad you felt that way and i'm a fan of the team and i feel that way too and it's like and not only like the off the field stuff we've talked about that about and he's definitely talked about it but the on the field stuff, he's kind of been the kind of guy that throws people under the bus. Like he's had, he's a, he's a bit of a jerk. Yeah, yeah. he's a yeah. bit of a jerk. And 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 even the, the in the years when they when they you know drafted uh, who was it Mason Randolph, Landry Jones, I think they took uh, mm-hmm. you know guys who definitely weren't gunning for his job. But you know uh, he would always make comments you know right after that you know about maybe I'll just stop playing, maybe I'll quit, maybe this is my last year. Just seems like a little bit of a jerk. Yeah, you know? it's not like the kind of thing where you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sad he's leaving" because he's just been atrocious for like two years. Like it's like, hey Dave, I was like half following the game last night. I was you know watching some like other shows and like doing other stuff. So I just kind of uh, had it in my periphery, and I see someone tweeted that he threw forty times in the first half and he had like ninety five <laughs> yards. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah he, that's the true story. He had Russell Westbrook numbers in the first half. It was it was ridiculous, it's unbelievable, and they won. That's I know, the crazy thing. Like how bad is Baker Mayfield? I know he's hurt, but my goodness. <laughs> I mean, not, not to go back a week, but thank you, Kevin Stefanski, for not running the ball once they got to midfield on Christmas because uh, they would have just ran it right down to the ten yard line or whatever and kicked a field goal and beat the Packers. So yeah. uh, I do appreciate that that Christmas gift from him, but. In any event, yeah, that, that was um, that was interesting last night. For it sure. were, certainly was. Andy, I'll give you the floor for any other thoughts as far as anything else under the sun. And, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on Madden if you guys have time for that. But, Andy, anything else you want to add before we go to college? Uh, I've got a lot to talk about college, but with the Steelers, yeah, Ben averaged – it was like less than three <laughs> yards per attempt. It's bad. Uh, that is bad. That's crazy. <laughs> and then um, – yeah, what else was I say about about the the Browns? Yeah, I n- not not much about Roethlisberger. I mean, he's a he as Doggy said. I don't, he's not as good as Terry Bradshaw, but he's he's gonna go to Canton. He was definitely a little bit of a louse. I, I forget where I read it. You know how like the guy that used to post on the board was like. He used to deal blackjack to Mike. I, I, was it foot? <laughs> but I don't know. It, was, it might have been on Twitter, but it was like Roethlisberger. Like he, he was like he used to 
I used to deal blackjack to Roethlisberger and he was like, he was such a jerk. And I was like, I don't, this is probably not true because it's a, it's a Twitter guy. He's got an egg for a profile, but I don't know <laughs> if the shoe fits. I mean, all, all you really heard about back in the day was like, he's not a nice guy. Mm-hmm. DTF. Uh, just, I don't know if it, if, if, if it smells, it smells. But all that to say, you know, three three Super Bowls, been around forever. He all he played hurt, always played hurt. Um, but and then the other thing that I read that made me laugh on Monday was like he looked like he was throwing a medicine ball. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, but yeah, I think if if the Steelers could have a do over, like. They would probably say they let Ben hang around maybe one or two years too long. Yeah, and uh, I'd I like to see Tomlin go somewhere else. Like, I the, the, the it would never happen, but Tomlin to the Giants would make a lot of. Once you look past all like the LOLs, but why not? Dumber birds have flown. Tomlin needs to go somewhere where his voice could resonate against a fifty-three new pairs of ears no i i completely agree he just needs to he just needs to change his scenery a fresh start's gonna be great for him he can do it yeah he can do it he can do it you know i'm always gonna have respect for him for that reason it's just i think the course has passed with him and and the teammates too you know so um that's great let's go ahead and uh, move ahead then folks and we are going to go look at the (laughs) let's go look at the college recap bowl season was awesome I mean, it was just a great time, and um, and when we look at not just last week's action, but the last month of action, it has been just fantastic. Um, let's go back to John. I mean, what a! I am so glad that the bowl season was so good this year because it was so not good the last couple of years. So it has really redeemed itself in that regard. A lot of great games, uh, John. So uh, let's go to you for the recap of last week, or not even last week, but just like the entire bowl season so far from. I've got from the 17th all the way up to the New Year's Six, and even the Texas Bowl, if anyone bothered with that one. But everyone called that one. They're like, ah, yeah, LSU doesn't want to be here. And they lost like 42 to 10. So, yeah, they clearly did not want to be there. But uh, everything in between was awesome. So, um, do we have you, John? Let me see. Do I have Yep, I'm here. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I, I want to say that uh, some of these games, it, it, it kind of took away like the – the uh you know how you, you kind of debate your pick like all right should i go with this team because of these reasons or that reasons like okay lsu is playing with 30 scholarship players like what the hell else are we gonna do you got to take kansas state in that spot or like the um the vodtech maryland game for example when vodtech's entire offense was just running their quarterback into the line of scrimmage for four quarters like that wasn't gonna work out well for them so some of these games you know it, it kind of or the nevada game was a perfect example coach gone Carson Strong didn't play. Their top receivers didn't play. They were, they were fielding a skeleton team. Like, you knew you had to take Western Michigan. So, in that regards, um, some of the games were kind of kind of dumb because you knew, like, what the easy pick was and what was going to happen. I, I, I can't remember a, uh, a game here where, where, like, there was a lot of players missing and then the team, like, actually really performed well. Maybe you guys can uh, funhouse me on that. Um, but yeah, just in general, I mean, I really enjoyed watching all of them and I completely agree with Andy's point. Like I was more into 
um, like North Texas, Miami, Ohio on that Wednesday afternoon or whatever it was. And that was a, a stinker of the bowl season. North Texas, I mean, what a joke that team is. We're going to make a note of that coach going forward in bowls. They're just horrendous performance, um, especially against a Mac team. They were just dreadful. But in any event, like that had a standalone window. I'm like, all right, yeah, we're into this. And then you had the three games on New Year's Day, which were all incredible at the same time. Well, the Arkansas game really wasn't by the fourth quarter, but the Notre Dame uh, Oklahoma State game and the Iowa uh, Kentucky game had tons of juice, and they're on at the same time, which stinks. And obviously, you know, first world problems, you can pull up two screens, whatever, but they really need to have a standalone window for like every bowl game. That's my, if I was sports czar of the world, that's what I would do standalone window for every bowl game. Um, I still don't know why we were playing the Texas Bowl last night, but, I mean, I guess ESPN needed something for that slot. There's no reason to play that after <clears throat> after January 1st. Um, but, yeah, the New Year's Six was actually pretty competitive. Uh, you didn't think Pitt would really put much of a, a good effort uh, after Pickett decided to declare for the draft. And their backup, uh, Patty, they went right down the field early on in the game, and you thought, oh, okay, like Pitt's going to, you know, they're going to be in this game. And even after he got hurt, they were winning until late in the game. So that was kind of a, a rough collapse for them. Um, you know, the the Cotton Bowl, with you know, obviously the playoff wasn't very competitive. Bama and Georgia just destroyed their respective opponents. I think Cincinnati kind of – they definitely hung in there well. They had their chances. They just couldn't get anything going on offense. I mean, I think they held Alabama down pretty well with their defense, but they just couldn't get anything going. Um and then Michigan just was just completely overmatched. Unfortunately, I, I liked them a lot in that game. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things you need to not react to or like be a prisoner of the moment. I mean, Georgia had dominated all year. It's like, okay, they had one bad game and uh, they got back to their winning ways against, against Georgia in, in the, in the orange bowl. Um, and then the, the Fiesta bowl was incredible with Oklahoma state and Notre Dame, Notre Dame getting out to what a 28 to seven lead. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, it's like the first half, all the fans were just like, you know, all the Notre Dame fans were probably like, yeah, fuck Brian Kelly. We don't need that bum. We got Marcus Freeman. And in the second half, they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> we get Brian Kelly back. How could, how could this guy blow a 28-7 lead? And uh, Spencer Sanders went from just a complete no-show to just, you know, he was looking like Joe Montana out there in the second half. I and mean, they could not stop anything. Uh, Notre Dame, rather, could not stop anything that they were – Oklahoma State was throwing at them. They fumbled like twice inside the red zone, or they had it would have been forty straight points. I mean, that was just a really uh, rough performance by Notre Dame, and I'm not going to complain because I had Oklahoma State. Um, so that that was a, a great day of action. And then, of course, the Rose Bowl. Uh, man, what a game that was! Yeah, and what a you classic. Feel, yeah, you got to feel for Utah because clearly they they were the more motivated team. I think Ohio State just won on pure talent alone because they just their their backups even after their five star receivers opt out of the game they got this jackson nagiba guy who has 300 something yards receiving it's just unbelievable um and you know and then whittingham kind of messed up at the end of the game but you know he, he's kind of shown to be maybe not as great of a in-game game day coach as we thought he was i mean he took three the whole all of his timeouts he left the game with three timeouts it's like okay i mean you didn't see the ball again you, you, you moron like what are you doing um, I, I think they maybe should have gone for two after their last touchdown. Who knows? In any event, uh, that's a tough loss for them. They, they really could have won that game, and they, they clearly wanted to be there. But um, in any event, that was a classic. And some of the earlier games, um, I'll let Andy do the Tennessee-Purdue game because yeah, I know he's going to have a lot lots to say about that that ending and the, and the officials. I mean, that, that was pretty rough. 
um, what happened there at the end. Um, you know, some of the earlier games were pretty good. I, I enjoyed that UCF Florida game. Uh, UCF was, we had a real nice win there for, um, the American conference. I think the mountain West actually ended up winning the bowl challenge cup. They were like five and one or six and one. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was a really enjoyable bowl season. I mean, there's some great games and, um, like I said, we need to have every, uh, bowl game in its own window. That's, that's what, what needs to happen. So I am I'm all for that. When I am in charge of the sports world, that that is what will happen. So uh, it was a great bowl season and, and one more to go. Can't wait for the, the national championship game. And uh, it's a good Monday one. Night. It's a rematch. We'll get into that in, in momentarily, but I love it, John. I think it's a, it's a great, thanks for the recap. And, Andy, and I, I will agree before you go to Andy or Ron, uh, I was uh, eagerly logging onto Twitter to see what Jeff Andy would put up from, uh, 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 from uh, those um, animated uh, cartoons from the uh, what was oh geez I'm, I'm drawing a blank here from whatever uh, with the duck uh, that was always uh, Uncle Screws yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yes I eagerly anticipated what Jeff would come based on his bets so uh, definitely keep that one keep that thread going that's good good stuff so yeah Andy I mean that 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 ending of the, the Tennessee game was just. I was actually texting Ron during that game. I was like, you cannot end a game that way. You just cannot end a, That's a, such a stupid call to make. Number one, he wasn't even down. He made it into the end zone. That shouldn't even have been called. Just the way that was just a complete foobarring by the officiating crew. What was a great game? It took away from such a great game. It was a great game, and I just just the worst way to end a game like that. But, Andy, let's get your recap. Well, uh, yeah, I'm sure Ron's got good thoughts on that, too. Ron, I think, called Purdue because, you know, you play. If you bet on Tennessee, I mean, you're you're playing with fire. Yep. You, you're self-admitting that you're, I mean, you are volunteering to get burnt. And we did. But, you know, the what bothered me about that game was that Tennessee, they went out to that big league. They gagged it. They ended the first half as bad as you can. I think uh, Hook, Hooker fumbled and tennis. Uh, Hooker fumbled and Purdue scored within like like the last thirty seconds of that game. And then even before before the refs got involved, Tennessee kind of screwed up the end of regulation. Like they had it at midfield. They had timeouts. Uh, they just needed to get in field goal range. And Hooker's like throwing like to the end zone like he reminded me of the guy that they had in the beginning of the year the michigan guy milton he's just like oh he just overthrew a wide open receiver again i mean yeah he threw the ball like 55 yards in the air but he only needs to throw the ball 45 yards in the air and uh you know credit for credit to purdue for you know for scoring i know you guys talk about in the year tennessee's defense was horrible and I mean, Purdue, like, definitely reinforced the notion that Tennessee's defense is, in fact, horrible. But I took Tennessee because I, I read Purdue was, like, playing a bunch of second stringers. And Hooker is a good quarterback. In fact, like, I don't want to even get into it. But next year, like, Hooker's going to be, like, a Heisman candidate, which sucks. But but then again, Tennessee's going to have to go better than 7-5 and five and 8-4. and four. To, for a Heisman candidate to actually like, you know, meticulate. But uh, yeah, that's a bad, 
bad ending. I mean, I'm going to lose Bull Mania uh, because, because of that. The other game that pissed me off, it's not even worth mentioning, is the the Citrus Bowl between Iowa and Kentucky. I mean, what is Iowa doing? <laughs> Punting fourth and less than a foot from midfield when a first down wins you the game and Kirk Ferentz punts. And if you pulled if you pulled the Kentucky walk into a Kentucky bar and you asked them what they wanted Iowa to do, they would want Iowa to punt. And Iowa punted. And then obviously Kentucky takes the lead. I took Iowa because I read uh, Kentucky was without a couple of their receivers. They got in a car accident. And I figured Iowa would muck up the game and take care of business. And they did for most of the, you know, most of the game. And even when Kentucky took the lead, Iowa had a chance to get into field goal range, force overtime. And their quarterback, I forget his name, he threw an awful intercept. He felt the rush and he just overthrew, you know, the valve. It was just a dink, you know flat and he overthrew it and right into the arms of a Kentucky defender and the end of the game. But, you know, that's what you get when you go crazy on a citrus bowl bet. And yeah, those two games really kind of ticked me off. Uh, Plus one on the North Texas coach, because I think that game was only uh, North Texas. They, they beat UTSA. They had all this momentum going into the bowl season. They had to win their last at least five games to get bowl eligible. And then they just kind of, they, 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 I think it was Miami of Ohio in the bowl game. And I'm like, I like North Texas and they outplayed them statistically, especially in the first half. But, their quarterback threw a couple of nasty interceptions in the late second quarter. And then the second half, they really didn't do much, but yeah, I'll have to remember to fade that coach next year in the bowl game. The, uh, the Northern Illinois coastal Carolina game was a lot of fun. The cure bowl. That's like, I think that was the second bowl of the year. Um, coastal hung on, uh, the Mac, the Mac in the in the Sun Belt and the Mountain West, like I said, those those teams they they were entertaining, a lot more entertaining than some of the uh, traditional Power Five teams that were in some of the bowls. I'm looking at you, uh, West Virginia and Minnesota. That game with the 10:30 East Coast time, I was uh, I I was dozing off in that second half, 18 to six or something like that, but. Uh, the Jimmy Kimmy Bowl, Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, Dave. You should go to that one of these years. I looked like an hour before kickoff. You could have gone into SoFi for thirty bucks. True story. And yeah. uh, good job out of Utah State. Oregon State's not ready to just like show up as a six-point favorite and beat Utah State. There's not a lot of respect given to the regular season Mountain West champion. So good job out of Utah State. I know the coach got in a little bit of hot water because of some of the things he said some things back in august but it didn't come out to like the night before the bowl game but you know that's 2021 and these are 2022 now um you know just you know western kentucky i know you guys uh zappy hour i forget his first name with the western kentucky quarterback you know that was like a coronation of his career they let him throw for like 600 yards or whatever (laughs) and uh I'll I remember it now, but I'll 
have to remember it next year. That offensive coordinator is going to Texas Tech, and uh, he's supposed to be this up-and-comer, you know, guru. Uh, so keep an eye on Texas Tech next year. He's like this uh, this offensive wizard. I don't know his name, but he he was the Western Kentucky OC, and now he's going to Texas Tech. Um, so if he can replicate the zappy experience texas tech should be in good hands moving forward it was also fun to bet against mike leach in uh whatever bowl that was um <laughs> texas tech mississippi state uh i know mississippi state i think was a relatively big favorite but i was like i'm gonna take the 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 team that's playing against mike leach i don't know what mike leach does to prepare for bowl games and um you know that's that's just my justification to fade leech whenever you can in these bowl games. And um, let's see what else is good. Yeah, we talked about the Central Florida, University of Florida Bowl. Good job out of Central Florida for, you know, rising to the occasion. And, um, yeah, what a down year for Florida. We'll see what they can do next year with the, uh, the coach from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Louisiana, they uh, – I forget who they played in their bowl game. I, I faded them, and I think they ended up winning, though. Uh, yeah, Marshall in the New Orleans Bowl. Um, yeah, the other San Diego State UTSA, I watched a lot of that. Um, just a good good job out of Brady Hoke's team. And, yeah, UTSA, they they just kind of ran out of, ran out of mojo. Great year. I'm not going to dispute how good of a year they had. And, um, yeah, they would have liked to have seen UCLA, NC State play. Yeah. Would have liked to have seen SMU, Virginia play. Mm. Um, one's really surprised, although in hindsight, was it that big of a surprise? The South Carolina beating North Carolina. I wish we could drown Mac Brown and Mayo. Gosh, that was such a. I was burnt on that one, man, my friend. Oh my goodness! And then the last game I'll bring up, and then give it to Ron, is the uh, Wisconsin Arizona State Las Vegas Bowl. If you had a Wisconsin ticket, giving eight. I mean, if you got it early, they were giving less than a touchdown. You'd be okay, but if you bet it the day of, it went up to seven and a half and eight, and. uh, Arizona State punted the ball with about 10 minutes left, and Wisconsin went 90 yards in 10 minutes and took knees at about the three-yard line. All they needed to do was, like, not convert a third down and kick a field goal, like, at least three different times, and or if they could have scored a touchdown, and they didn't. Um, Paul Christ, your boosters – want you to cover that game man <laughs> gotta fund those hoodies like those pullovers you know so that yeah. folks like our friend john can get more pullovers but dave jimmy kimball ball man that looks like it could be fun it's gonna be a thing you know it might even supersede the because it has it's on the same when the vegas bowl used to be it might supersede the las vegas bowl for that sneaky good game of the first weekend of the bowl season so bad job out of me not getting to that game because like I was in town like I just didn't do it. And like, maybe this will this will get like other celebrities sponsoring bowl games in in the future. Who knows? Yeah. Or like some of these bowls need to do better with their their branding and you know the the brand engagement. Like everyone was waiting for the mayo to be dumped on that guy, 
like when some of these other bulls it's like just some stupid insurance company like what the hell are you gonna do with that like there's there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing to do uh with with, with you know yeah. engaging anybody or on, on like social media or with with anything so a uh, great job out of the the mayo bull and, and giving him the or the south carolina coach the mayo bath before you pass it to, to ron dave i'll just say the pac-12 has not won a bowl game since 2019 Dude. completely swept again wow. what an embarrassment and I was uh, I the only one I missed in that whole run was was uh, Oregon State because I thought okay this team might be all right but but credit to Utah State I got to give it to everybody else I'm like no way like you know especially Oregon like Oregon you seriously you think Oregon's gonna win that game after all that it's like no way no way guys we didn't mention Central Michigan and Washington State which is an unusual Sun Bowl because both teams are coming off of other games that were canceled so they agreed to play. Central Michigan, give it up to Central Michigan. That I was completely surprised by that score. I was like, "Wow, good for them." But um, I'll give it to Ron now. Let's get your thoughts. I mean, Rutgers did have a good half against Wake Forest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it was uh, it was bonus football for them. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, you know, that's as much as you can ask for. But uh, yeah, you know that that Central Michigan um, Sun Bowl. Uh, you know, how funny was it? The, uh, the barstool guys. And I agree with, with, with everybody, you know, uh, the bowl games need more of that, um, you know, that, that wacky stuff that, uh, you know, that the, those tie-ins like, like the Mayo bowl did. I mean, like, give me more of that. I mean, that's to me that that's fun. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, and it's, uh, that's exactly what the bowl season is, especially for like the second tier games. It's, uh, you know, it's like kitschy. It's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, these wacky matchups and give you a reason to watch. So I'm all for that. And, uh, you know, speaking of that, you know, Barstool had their Arizona bowl that got canceled, uh, the week of, and, you know, it was funny to see, uh, them go crazy, uh, about the, the you know, them, them canceling it. And, uh, I think it was Boise, right. Who, who, you know, said they, they literally didn't have enough, scholarship guys to field the team available and uh you know uh portnoy and, and the barstool guys going crazy and you know kudos to central michigan for uh you know playing the sun bowl and showing up uh and you know on short notice and winning the game you know that's that's what it's all about and uh and, and i agree like this was a, a fun a fun year for the bowl games i know it was like Towards the end, it was, uh, you know, it was like pins and needles to see which ones were going to get canceled or moved around and stuff like that. But uh, still, you know, what a change from this year to last year where, yeah. you know, we had what, like a handful of bowl games uh, and, and we really missed like those, you know, like like John was saying, those random like Wednesdays, uh, you know, you put on a game um, and, and, and there's a bowl game to watch, uh, you know, in the middle of the day. And, and to me, that's, you know, that's the great part about bowl season. Um, and I agree uh, with another point that John said that like the Citrus and Outback Bowl have always started. I think they start an hour with uh, like within an hour of each other. Right. On New Year's Day, like one starts at 11, one starts at 12. Um, and those are some of like the best matchups, you know, typically in the bowl season because it's uh it's one of the best SEC teams against the best Big Ten teams. You, you always get a good matchup. Uh, and I always wondered, like, why they were on at the same time because, uh, you know, those are standalone games. You know, those should be both be standalone games. I mean, we've had, like, such, like, 
That's, you know, yeah. great matchups. Uh, thinking back, uh, there was the Michigan South Carolina one where uh, Clowney, you know, knocked that guy out on Michigan. <laughs> um, you know, it, it always seems like LSU is in it like every other year. It's just it's it's fun matchups, and uh, and I agree. You know, make them standalone games. Um, you know, because they deserve to be. You know, put one even if you want to move one in, and and put one on uh, another night. You know, just to get some juice. Uh, you know, do that. Um, but yeah, like the you know the, the the games that everybody mentioned. I mean, they did a great job with it. Um, you know, the Notre Dame um, Oklahoma State game was crazy. Uh, Utah Ohio State uh, was a great Rose Bowl. I wasn't expecting that, and, and I I actually I thought Utah was going to win uh, going into that. Um, you know, seeing the Ohio State guys who who were out, uh, but uh, but man, yeah, that guy. Uh, uh, what, whatever his name is, Jackson Smith, uh, Najida or whatever it is, uh, put up an all time game for Ohio state and, uh, and, and yeah, Whittingham terrible, uh, management at the end, but you know, yeah, it's typical, uh, with them and, and that's, you know, could hold them back, uh, moving forward. Um, Tennessee Purdue was probably, it was probably my favorite bowl game of the year. It was amazing. Um, it was, it was, it was a really fun game yeah. and it was, you know, it was like a so-so first half, uh, and, and I had I had Purdue I, I had bet Purdue plus five and a half. It was, and I know you told me, Dave, that you got in at uh, plus nine and a half. Yeah, in the middle and of the I game. Knew, yeah. As soon as you texted me that, I knew you were winning that bet because I mean <laughs> Tennessee is just not they're they're not good enough to blow anybody out. Um, but the second half of that game was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was just back and forth. Uh, you know, nobody stopping any. The quarterback on Purdue, O'Connell, um, is not good. <laughs> he's not. He's just not that good. And uh, and he threw for like 550 yards. That just goes to show how bad uh, Tennessee's defense is. I mean, they're just atrocious. But uh, you know, it was a really fun, really fun game, really fun ending. Uh, Tennessee got screwed. Yeah, uh, really and I, I hate Tennessee. I mean, I've been saying that for years on this show. I can't stand Tennessee, but they got screwed, and they should have. Uh, you know, they should have had the touchdown there, but uh, you know that that's that's life. Um, but you know, it was it was it was a fun game, and uh, and yeah, it was it was a fun bowl season. Um, the the semifinal games, I guess, left a lot to be desired. Um, you know, and uh, and, and I agree with Andy. Uh, you know, uh, Cincinnati played, uh, or, or John might have said it. Cincinnati played Alabama tough. Um, you know, they they just couldn't score. But uh, you know, twenty-seven to six, and, and it was it was closer than that in the first half. Um, you know, and, and you, you gotta love like the people who casually watch college football, uh, who who love to throw out the hot takes, and you know, as that game's going on, they're all saying, uh, "This is why since a power five should never get in." Uh, you know, should have been uh, Ohio State. Blah blah blah. Listen we've we've watched college football enough we know alabama's probably blown out any team that you could have put against them in that spot uh it, it could they, they've done it to notre dame in the past they've done it to clemson in the past they've done it to ohio state in the past uh so uh, you know kudos to cincinnati for for putting up uh you know a decent effort you know not 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 terrible um i thought the michigan georgia game was was worse than that game i mean you know, Michigan came in there with a lot of uh, a lot of bluster, and uh, and and Georgia, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were just a better team. Um, you know, they they were just a better team, and Michigan, 
you know, once I, I, Georgia came, went out and scored like the first touchdown, and you thought, all right, well, let's see what Michigan has. And I think they had, uh, you know, they were driving on their first drive, and I think it was like a third and six or something like that, and they threw it to the tight end, like wide open, and he dropped it. And I immediately thought to myself, <laughs> this game's over. Because you can't, you can't give up those those types of drives against a team like Georgia or Alabama. They'll just make you pay. And uh, you blink your eye, and, and Georgia's up big. And it wasn't even a game after that. But, uh, you know, it's set up, you know, without a doubt, the two best teams in college football this year are going to be playing for the, for the title. And, I mean, that's all you ask for. I really love all this. I mean, thanks for the recap, Ron. And... Your point on Cincinnati is, a, is an excellent point because it's like I I was hearing that from Coach too. Like, well, it's a good thing we don't have to worry about a group of five anymore. I was like, are you kidding me? They played the, they, their defense was good. The offense was the letdown there. Like, they, if they had any kind of quarterback play at all, I think we get a game. We get a much closer game. They they really played their butts off, and I got to give it to them. And um, so I'm, I'm I'm fairly satisfied with the matchup we got for the championship because yeah, you're right. This is the cream of the crop. So this is going to be a great segue to our, our preview of the college championship. That's coming up a little later. But now we go to the picks. And this time around, what we're going to do, because we have this, for the first time, we're going to go all the way into January. So we have the option, if you want to take it, of picking the national championship game in college football as one of your picks. Otherwise, it's just NFL picks. So four picks, you can select, they can all be NFL picks or it can be three NFL picks and the national championship game from college. So to start, let's go to our leader. And you literally, I think you've already clinched it, John, but you can, I, but if not, you would Don't only need to me, get, Dave. I haven't clinched anything yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> is, is that true? Okay. Okay. Right on. Right on. I, I, I won't say anything then. Okay. <laughs> We're ready for your picks in that case when you're ready. I think it's like, I, I have a, Three and a half game lead, maybe. So oh, I go okay. technically zero okay. and four. So, but any event, I just gotta have have a couple winners here. Okay. Okay. Um, so I mean, I'm not gonna make the championship game one of my official picks. We'll just pick it when we talk about it. So I'll just go with the four NFL games for this week. Um, we'll make it quick because you know a lot of these matchups, um, you know, some of them, they don't mean anything, and um, you know, obviously there are some games with playoff implications. So we'll start with two games that don't have any playoff implications. And I'm going to start with uh, Washington minus seven at the Giants. I mean, I think everyone kind of knows why you would pick against the Giants at this point. I mean, just a complete clown show right now with Joe Judge and the Giants. He's like, he's the gift that keeps on giving after the game, talking about how he's got former players calling him, saying, you know, that they want to be back here with the team for less money. And then he's talking about a team that, like, quit three years ago when he was with the Patriots and they were going to get fired. But that Patriots team ended up winning the Super Bowl. I mean, the guy's a complete fool. Um, so we will take uh, the gift that keeps on giving and, and the Giants offense that can't score. I think they had minus 10 passing yards last week against the Bears. Um, the line's very much inflated here. I mean, Washington probably shouldn't be a seven point favorite, but I, th- I think the Giants probably just quit and um, we'll, we'll lay it. So. Uh, Washington minus seven uh, for the first game. Game two, this is risky, but I'm going to take Packers minus four and a half in Detroit. Now, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have said they want to play and they're going to play. How much they're going to play is the question. Um, because clearly they clinched the number one seed uh, on Sunday Night Football, but they don't want to have like three weeks off. And I certainly understand that. 
Um, but even if they play a half, it could be 35 to 10 at halftime. I mean, you just saw what the Seahawks did to the Lions yeah. in the first half. I mean, their defense is just absolutely horrendous. And who's to say that Jordan Love couldn't score against the Lions defense? I mean, the Packers can't sit the whole team and they're going to have some guys out there. Um, so I, I, I like this number at minus four and a half. I think I would take the over too. I think there'll be a bunch of points scored in this game. Um, so give me Green Bay. Uh, minus four and a half. Well, we hope Rodgers does the heavy lifting for one half, and then uh, Love can kind of maintain things after that. Um, so those are the two games with playoff implications, uh, without playoff implications. So now we'll go to two that do have playoff implications. And for the first pick, I'm going to take Houston getting 10 at home against Tennessee. Now, Houston definitely burned, I think, a lot of us. I mean, it burned me anyway. I do not know how they didn't cover that game on Sunday against San Francisco. It was like 10 to seven in the fourth quarter and they had the ball and they still couldn't cover. Just a, a ridiculous outcome. Um, their coach is just way too conservative in certain spots, but regardless, I think this number is way too high. I mean, the Texans have been very competitive uh, in recent games, especially at home. I mean, they had that huge win over the Chargers uh, just a few weeks back. Um, Tennessee, yes, they did blow out Miami, but just in general, they're not a real big margin kind of team, the way they operate their offense now. Um, I know they said Henry, is he, they cleared him from the IR, but I don't think he's going to play in this game. So I just see this as a pretty close, low-scoring game, like 23-17 to 17 or 23-14, to 14, something like that. I think Houston can stay within the number. Um, and I know Tennessee's playing for home field advantage, but I just remember in the past, in numerous years, week 17, like, okay, the team has to, just because the team has to win doesn't mean they're going to win and be impressive. Like, all the pressures on Tennessee to get the ones seed in this game. So I think Houston will keep this pretty close. So give me the Texans plus 10. And then for the fourth game, same kind of theory with this. Give me the Falcons plus four and a half um, against the Saints. I, you know, this Saints team, they have no offense. And how can you give four and a half on the road with no offense? I know Hill was back the other day, but I mean, they scored 18 points against Carolina. Um, I just, I just think, you know, anything over a field goal here is way too much. This is going to be like a 17 to 14 kind of game. I, I like the under in this one too. Uh, just, you know, the Saints defense should pretty much shut down um, the Falcons. And I don't see Hill and the Saints offense really doing all that much. So um, give me Atlanta plus four and a half at home. There'd be nothing more they'd want than to spoil the Saints playoff hopes because the Saints need to win this game or else they're out. Um, they still need to have uh, San Francisco lose, which is very possible because they're playing um, in LA, uh, but the, the Falcons, I mean, they're playing a huge spoiler here. Uh, so to recap, my four picks are Washington minus seven, Green Bay minus four and a half, Houston plus 10 and Atlanta plus four and a half for the first ever week 18 in the NFL. It's kind of exciting, Dave. I don't know if we're going to talk about the schedule after um, and what the NFL did with these Saturday games, just a complete joke, but we'll, we'll save those thoughts for, for another. Well, I mean, I like the idea of there being Saturday games, but uh, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But thank you very much for the picks, John. And of course, good luck. Um, I do need to issue an apology to everybody watching on YouTube at night. The clerical errors on my graphics tonight are absolutely atrocious. I am so sorry. I, I don't know what happened. I mean, I had so many spelling mistakes and missing scores. And I've, I've that this is an all-timer for me. I And it's just ironic because like, I was looking to make sure I had extra time to work on it. And it's like, I don't know what happened. So really sorry. We'll do better next time. Andy in Seattle, we are ready for your picks for week 18 or week nine, or week 18 of the NFL and, uh, and, or the CFP national championship game. Andy, when you're ready, we're ready for your picks. 
Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm just looking at the 2022 NFL schedules, which isn't set in stone, but their opponents are. And the Seahawks play at L.A. Mm-hmm. Not just for the Rams, but they play the Yachts, too. Whoa. So, yeah. I got to – I also um, – Washington State plays at USC. That'd be a good game to go to. Lincoln Riley versus uh, Washington. I'm going back, Dave. I'm gonna be back at SoFi next year. Let's do it. Or uh, the Coliseum or the Rose Bowl, one or the other. Because Wolf plays UCLA Bruins too. But I'd rather go see Washington State, Lincoln Riley. We'll figure it out. Let's get through January 2022 before we can think about September 2022. Um, game number one. I will be the clown and take Alabama plus three in the national championship game against Georgia. You can't really, uh, how many times do you take Saban as an underdog? I know eventually it's gonna go the other way around and you'll be like, you took Saban getting points, clown, and Georgia is gonna win. Eventually Kirby Smart's gonna beat Nick Saban. But I don't think it's going to be in six days or whenever it is. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really have anything to justify. I think, you know, we didn't even really talk about how bad Michigan was in our recap. But Michigan was bad. I mean, I saw a captain tweeting about it. I saw the game. Like, they just did not look prepared. Um, and they let Stenson Bennett look like a really good quarterback for some reason. I know Georgia's got an all-world defense, but I don't know. It's Saban's world. It's They're getting points. Uh, it's in Indianapolis, which is kind of a strange location for a national championship game, but I don't know. It, it'll be, uh, we'll, we'll be into it. It's, it's so far removed from, like, regular season college football and even, like, New Year's Day, but... We'll get into it. It's the, it's the last college football game until, you know, late August when you guys will be doing your previews. So we just got to enjoy it. Um, I think Cincinnati threw everything they could defensively at Bryce Young. And, uh, you know, Young made – he threw an interception. He, he missed some throws. Um, but Robinson at running back has only gotten better as the season progressed. I know no Menchie. But I, I still think it's going to be Alabama. And, yeah, I know Cincinnati not belonging in the playoffs is not an argument. You could – Alabama beating these teams is a separate issue than Cincinnati not belonging. It's, it's a totally different issue. I don't understand why the hot take machine was saying, oh, Cincinnati didn't belong. It's like, no, like – they were just the four seed. Like, what four seed would have been there? Anyway, Alabama plus three, game number one. Game number two, I don't get the line. John and Ron probably know better, but I'm going to take the Bengals getting six from the Browns because I know the Bengals already have the division locked up, but they still have, like, seeding situations. It's not like they're locked in as, like, the four seed or the three seed. Weird stuff can happen. They could even end up as the one seed. So um, the Browns looked all hobbled and banged up. And, uh, you know, Baker's not the engine that drives that car anyway. But 
Um, I don't know. I just feel like the Browns have packed it in. We saw it Monday night against your team, Dave. Um, give me the Bengals getting six. It, it's a weird line. Maybe I'm probably falling into this trap, but I'm going to take the Bengals because they still have something to play for, and they're getting six. So uh, you can get the back door if they're down 10, down 11 late. Uh, Bengals, game number two. Uh, game number three. We're gonna stick with the heart. We're gonna we're gonna take the Los Angeles Yachts giving three in Vegas. I think uh, you know talent wise, the Chargers do laps around the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders have had a very strange year. You know, their coach is gone. Their best wide receiver did something horrific off the field. Their tight end is all banged up. Waller, I don't know if he's back or not. Uh, Derek Carr is, he's a, I mean, he's not good. He's not great. He's just Derek Carr. Uh, <laughs> their, de- their defense was supposed to be a huge liability in the beginning of the year. They they played better. They're a weird team. I mean, they beat, they beat Dallas on Thanksgiving. They lost to the freaking Giants. They uh, arguably one of the biggest games of the year. Um, was against the Chiefs. What they do? They stomped on the logo and they like was like thirty-one to nothing at halftime or something. So you never know what you're gonna get with these Raiders. And I mean, case in point, they beat Carson Wentz as a nine-point underdog or eight and a half point underdog on Sunday. So you know, very risky either way. But you know, I just I want to congratulate Yachts. I want to apologize to Yachts. I want to say sorry about that, Yachts. <laughs> uh, I think Herbert, uh, Herbert's a stud. Keenan Allen's a stud. Their coach, you know, he loves to go for it. He, you know, he just play. He coaches like a blackjack player, always hitting on sixteen. Eventually, like you go on these runs where you're gonna, you're gonna get. 18, 19, 20 hitting on your 16, then you're going to go on these runs where you're going to keep busting hitting on 16. That's just the way he does it. He's going to go for fourth. He's going to go on fourth and goal almost every single time. He's going to go fourth and manageable at midfield. You just live with it. You die with it. Um, so give me the Chargers minus three for game number three. And game number four, um, I'm going to take the 49ers getting four and a half against the Rams just on the notion that uh, Sean McVay never seems to be able to beat Shanahan. That NFC West is weird. Like, the Rams can't beat 49ers. The Arizona Cardinals always seem to beat the 49ers. Pete Carroll likes to chew gum. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm going to take the 49ers getting four and a half. I wasn't. I have not been impressed with Stafford the last couple of weeks. Uh, both coaches think they're the smartest guys in the room. Uh, I like them both, but uh, they both seem like they try to get a little too cute sometimes. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'd pick Shanahan over McVay, and that's what I'm doing. Getting four and a half, game number four, um, early January, pigskin season. Annie, this is a, quite a good card, I think. So good luck and thanks for the picks. You know, it's just one of those deals. Like in two cases, you selected two games where it's basically up to the team to prove that they can do something differently. Georgia's one, and the Rams are the other one. They, the 49ers beat them like a drum. 
Like even with with the discrepancies in the records, it's just so interesting that this is an opportunity for the Rams to kind of change history. But uh, you know, history is on the side of on your side of the pick. We'll see if it holds up. It'll be very interesting. So, um, what was I going to say? Oh, we'll give it to Ron, but totally forgot. Oh, how about that? Okay, so Ron, let's get it. To give it to you for your Week 19 picks. Let's hear it. All right. There's going to be a couple uh, checkers on a checker here. Uh, I'm going with Alabama to cover uh, in the uh, in the national title game. I, I think they went out right. Uh, I'll never bet against Saban in a big spot. Um, you know, so uh, Georgia is is got an elite defense, all world defense. Uh, we've seen it all year, but uh, they also have Stetson Bennett at quarterback and. Uh, you know, give me uh, Nick Saban scheming against Stetson Bennett, uh, you know, every day of the week, give, you know, having two weeks to scheme against them uh, after they, uh, you know, they beat him a month ago. So I'll take Alabama um, to cover uh, in the national title game. Uh, my first NFL pick, I'm going to go with the uh, Eagles plus seven uh, against Cowboys. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt it if the, the Cowboys won, but uh you know, everybody gives uh, Jalen Hurts uh, a lot of crap, but uh, he really hasn't been awful this year. Um, you know, he's he's been more of a game manager uh, as the season's gone on, but uh, in, in today's NFL, it's not really a bad thing. Um, he seems to always keep the Eagles in the game, um, you know, and, uh, and the Cowboys have flaws, uh, you know, and I, I think that was apparent last week against the Cardinals. Uh, they're still a good team. Um, they still have a good defense. Um, but, you know, uh, seven's a big number uh, on the road for the Cowboys. There's going to be a lot of juice in the building. Uh, yeah, I think the Eagles secured a, a playoff spot. If, if not, they're playing for one. Um, but either way, uh, you know, Cowboys in Philadelphia, seven's a big number. I'll, I'll take the Eagles plus seven. Um, I'm going to take the Redskins uh, minus seven to cover against the Giants. Uh, you know, checker on a checker with John. Um, you know, as for as bad as Washington can be, um, you know, they're still going to be playing uh, Heineke, who has some juice. Uh, Antonio Gibson, who has some juice. Uh, you know, Washington has offense. The Giants don't. Um, you know, I, I, I think if it was any team playing against the Giants, I would take – uh, that team to cover. So give me the, the Redskins minus seven uh, against the Giants. And uh, my last game, I'm going to go with the uh, Bucks minus eight against the Panthers. Um, you know, I, I know the Bucks don't have much to play for except for some positioning, but uh, but Brady does have a couple records he could uh, go for uh, in the game. Uh, I think he needs uh, like 18 completions to, to break the single season record. Um, you know, there's a uh, – he has to throw for, you know, I forget what the yardage number is, but he's close to the yardage record on the season. So uh, we all know that, uh, you know, a motivated Brady is a uh, is a dangerous Brady. And uh, and I think he will be motivated to, to put up his numbers uh, and prove that at 44 he can uh, he can still break records. Um, and, uh, and funny enough, I, I think the Antonio Brown thing probably – uh, unified them more going forward as a team, uh, and, and the Panthers—they're uh, ju- they're just a, a shit show, and, and they're sta- starting Sam Darnold again. Um, so, 
you know, I, I just think the Buccaneers go in there and, and, and blow them out. Uh, so I'll take the Bucks minus eight. Um, so those are my picks. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but I, I was just reading it a second ago. So Antonio Brown, apparently, uh, speaking of that Bucks game, he apparently came out with a, a lengthy like statement um, a little while ago and blamed uh, Bruce Arians for uh, making him play injured and uh, giving him a, a painkiller and that, uh, that he didn't want to play with the painkiller. And that's the reason why he was cut uh, mid game and, and left. So oh, wait, this, know, this was he actually was, in fact, cut in the middle of the game. That is very interesting. Uh, that's that, that's his story. Is oh, that, that's his story. Uh, oh, OK, OK. That's okay. his story is that he said he didn't want to uh, to, to go in the game. He was hurt. But uh, Arians told him if he didn't go in, he was cut. So he took off his stuff and left. Uh, so and then took off his shirt any... and then did the, the pump it up thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't get any more weirder than uh, than Antonio Brown. But maybe this will finally uh, convince NFL teams to stop giving uh, some of these guys who have had. And kudos to the guys. I, I forget who was calling the game on, on Sunday. Uh, shit. Um, Wasn't that a mean, I think? Or am I thinking of someone else? John? No. I, man, who was calling it? Yeah, I don't remember either. Um, whoever whoever the, uh, the, the the analyst guy on there was, uh, you know, kudos to him because, you know, he, he came out immediately and he was like, uh, you know, Antonio Brown's been given second chances, third chances, four chances, fifth chances stop giving him chances mm -hmm. and stuff like this will stop happening so i mean it's just uh you know more crazy drama you know? yeah yeah no doubt i mean and then the, yeah i mean that guy is just such a clown like i mean i've been i've had his back for a while but that's not just enough like that's too much already it's like get over it guy like i'm done i'm done with that guy yeah and, and i don't know if, if if andy if this uh means anything to andy but uh i know he took the Bengals minus six and, and i just saw that uh they dairy ruled out burrows for the game um so you know they should i think they're gonna start like a skeleton crew this weekend they'll suck probably still beat the browns but uh <laughs> i don't know if that affects his uh his pick or not yeah, Andy, what, did, was that laid is a, a card laid is a card played? <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, bro. still hit. I mean, we never know. But um, thank you, everybody, for the picks. I wanted to read some comments from Junkie in the chat. So he says, what's up with Dave's hair? You hired James Brown stylist. <laughs> and then he claims that save it, John. Dave just mushed you earlier when I was talking about the about the about the season standings. So uh, I don't know. Time will tell. I think that's it. We do have guest picks to assess, Kevin. I'm going to give you first round of refusal to send those, but you can send them late, later on. You don't have to do them tonight. But uh, it'd be great if you could send some guest picks against the spread. Let me know. You can text them to me, um, and that'll do it for the picks. Boy, this has been a fun season of picks, and a lot of you did a great job this year. I mean. Uh, Ron, even though I mean, your record, if you finish strong, you'll be pretty close to 500. So you you had a nice little rally near near the end of this. Listen, I, I I've had a lot going on this year, mm -hmm. and so <laughs> to to be close to 500 to me is a win. Uh, no excuses though, but <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that's good enough. I love it. I love it. So, but it's always fun. So it doesn't matter. Oh, it very much is. Very much is. So uh, kudos to mo to the panel at large. I mean, it's been a very good year of picks. And uh, I'm sorry I couldn't hold up my end of the bargain. I think that's the only thing I would say. Uh, so let's do the preview. <laughs> Cubs in four, says Kevin. That's his prediction. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. If there is baseball by that point, who knows? 
Like, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll see. So, but anyway, um, let's go to the preview and uh, we'll start with the NFL. And John, John alluded to this. There are two Saturday games. Um, and I guess this is all flexed because they didn't really announce who the teams were at the beginning when they said, okay, we got two Saturday games, but they didn't say who, what the games were. So they decided, okay, we're going to throw the Broncos game and the Eagles game in those two Saturday slots. So John has opinions on that. I'm curious to see where, what he was thinking in terms of uh, his grievance there or, or what he thought of it. Um, for Sunday, you've got the Steelers and the Ravens in the in the 1 o'clock Eastern slot. I was actually thinking that would be a 425 game, but not the case. You've got the 49ers and the Rams in the 425 slot. You will have both networks of the doubleheader, although I guess there isn't much to talk about on CBS at 425 because I didn't find a game to put there. And then the Chargers and the Raiders, an excellent choice for Sunday Night Football. Please, for the love of God, please have Al Michaels do that game because I'll tell you what, I'm kind of with Andy in the, on thoughts as far as Mike Tirico. I mean, he's a good pro, but, man, he is dull. Like, he is just not grabbing me when it comes to, like, play-by-play. I mean, over time, I've kind of realized that more and more. But anyway, enough about the broadcasting. Let's talk about the games. John, I'll get it back to you. Let's get your thoughts about this week's action in the NFL. And then later, we'll get into the college football th- scenario as well. Yeah, it should be a, a great week. Lots up for grabs here. But I mean, I, I like their thought process about moving the Saturday games or having the two Saturday games. You have this extra week. There's no college football. It's like, all right, let's let's capture the moment here and get some games in the mix. But you couldn't have picked two worse games to highlight, you know, your your double header here. Um, I mean, I know the Chiefs are kind of still playing for seeding, but um, you know, it's like, okay. I mean, if, if they really wanted to uh, highlight that seeding situation with the Chiefs and Broncos, they should have put in the Titans game after the Chiefs and Broncos. Um, because the Titans are the one that are competing with the Chiefs for the one seed. Like, why would you put a meaningless Cowboys-Eagles game in primetime? Okay, the, the markets are huge, and it's a, it's, a, it's a rivalry, but the game means nothing in terms of seeding or playoff implications. It, it Like, I think both teams are going to be playing their backups. It's going to be like a preseason game. That, that was just a real error on their part. They definitely should have put um, – I mean, I know it's a you – know, I picked uh, Tennessee and Houston, but that – that was the logical choice to follow the Chiefs Broncos game. If that's kind of the angle that you were playing, or you could have um, mixed it up and done the, uh, I know, I know that the chargers and Raiders game was really the only option for Sunday night football, but if you wanted to do the Saturday doubleheader with both games kind of tying in, you could have done the Colts and the Jags at four 30. And then you could have done the chargers and Raiders game after that, because um, it kind of depends on, um, well, that game, the winner is going to be in regardless, but, uh, like the Steelers' playoff hopes to, depend on the on, on the Colts uh, potentially losing, and I guess there's this crazy scenario where um, if the the Jags beat the Colts and the Steelers beat the Ravens, both the Chargers and the Raiders can get into the playoffs if they tie. Yeah, so if you imagine that scenario happens where like they're just going to be running fullback dives <laughs> into the line for like for four quarters and punting. Like, oh my God, that would be amazing. And they would just tie like zero zero or three three or something. But <laughs> I I think they could have scheduled this better, where both games could have tied in together to have playoff implications on this Saturday Saturday slate, or even do like the, the divisions that are up for grabs, like put the two NFC West games back to back like this. I mean, um, or you know, put the Rams 49ers game first, and then the the Cardinals 
uh, Seahawks game after or, or vice versa. I mean, I think they definitely missed out on an opportunity uh, in that regard. But, you know, it's the first year. We'll see how they, they do better with this in the future. Um, but, yeah, it, it should be a, a great slate on Sunday. Um, you know, all these playoff spots and divisions are still up for grabs. And, you know, Sunday night, it's all you can ask for with teams playing win and in. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of lean the Raiders getting the field goal. They're just a hard team to trust. So are the Chargers for that matter. I mean, they got blown out in Houston a couple of weeks ago. You knew they'd rebound against Denver. Um, you know, the Denver is just awful, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust the Chargers defense here on the road. Uh, you know, it's a, t- it's a tough pick. I'll have to see how the day goes and we'll be deciding at about eight o'clock. Uh, who to take for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we talked about some of the other games. Um, so I'll, I'll let the other guys go ahead and, and give a, give a preview of, of week 18, but it should be, should be interesting to see it. It's going to be weird to see in the standings, like 13 and four for a team rather than like this, the standard 13 and three, but you know, first world problems, we'll, we'll adjust to it and, and get used to it after a while. Yeah. It'll take some mind betting, no doubt. Um, uh, thank you for the rundown, though, John. That's pretty good. Let's see. Andy, let's go to you, and let's get your look at this week's action. You know, these Saturday games seem like a great concept, but it, maybe it's better to just have everybody play at the same time. That's just the thing. Like, I think John has a point there. It's like it would have been more more juice. Like, nobody would have had anybody's, you know, record spoiled or anything. But, Andy, uh, what do you think as far as this week's uh, weekend in, in uh, pro football? Yeah, I would just say... <clears throat> I don't really have a lot about to say about previews with X's and O's and stuff, but with the NFL, like just because you can doesn't mean you always should. And that's with the Saturday games. Like, I don't know. Just the inventory isn't always, uh, always great. I mean, we, we, we're going to consume it though. I mean, we consumed it on Christmas Day. Like, no, they fucking kill. They they put the NBA in a paper bag, and uh, of dung, and just threw it in the ocean. Like the NBA used to have Christmas Day for itself, and when I think of Christmas Day, I'm thinking um, Colts, Cardinals, and Green Bay, Cleveland. I'm not thinking, not thinking Celtics, Bucks. I wasn't thinking Lakers next. That was a good game, though. The Celtics, but but you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I think in other years you're gonna you might have a really crazy week 18 where you know almost every game is gonna mean something. At this point, we're just uh, you know you've got the Sunday night winner takes all game. You've got a couple games where you've got teams jockeying for playoff positions you know you got san francisco and new orleans playing not together but they're battling it out against their respective opponents so you know the patriots are playing the dolphins there's some there's a way the patriots can get the one seed i that's that's not going to happen um but there's a way that it can happen but it's not going to happen but it can happen but it's not um, you know, there's this, <laughs> you know, the, that's his true story. Like all, like the Bengals can get the one seed, the pass can get the one seed. Everyone's saying the, you know, the Colts always seem to 
play their worst against the Jaguars. I know last year they lost to them outright, but that's not going to happen. The Jaguars have been a dead team walking all year long. Um, But, Dave, I'm I'm just going to be focused on, you know, the Steelers getting that ninth win. Yeah. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Dave, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to share how much I actually lost on that game against the Chiefs. It was bad. And in hindsight, the the play was bet against the Steelers the first half. They were on like a five-week stretch where they were – getting outscored an average of like 19 to three in the first half. That's a true story. You know, I think I remember the stat was something like they've been, they've gone like five or six quarters or even five games without a first half touchdown. So that is rough. That is rough. It was just like, Ben, Ben, you look so old for three quarters and then you string together a good fourth quarter. (laughs) That's basically what he did all year long. Yeah. But it's amazing they have eight wins out of all that, right? And it could have even it been really nine. Is. I mean, they played well against, you know, that Sunday night game against the Chargers was, was entertaining mm-hmm. a couple, you know, a month ago or whatever. Yeah. Guess... Opening day against the Bills. They've had some Yep. They've had some good wins. They've had some clunkers too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, that you know, it's so it's just I think I fell in the I fell in the trap too though that week because I'm like I really thought I think there was one of my picks here on the on the show like I I really thought the Steelers were gonna give them a game I'm like well the defense can hang around it was never a game so I felt I feel for you there I mean so on we go let's see we have we have Ron yeah so Ron let's get your thoughts on this week's action as well we do have guest picks in Kevin just sent them to me in the chat so. Uh, Love it. So, uh, Ron, we'll get your thoughts on the NFL, and then uh, we'll give the guest picks out, and then we'll go to the CFP Championship preview. Yeah, it, this year definitely feels like a little weird, I guess, because, uh, you know, we're in week 17. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with John. Like, the Sunday setup is, is just weird. Um, you know, it's, it's strange, the games that they picked. Uh, they're almost better off, like, taking two – uh, you know, two games with teams who both had nothing to play for, you know, maybe, you know, get some, uh, you know, just some juice in that way. I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I guess there was, you know, no win for them. Um, you know, it, yeah, a, a lot of the jockeying for position this week and, you know, what seed a team can get. I, I know the Rams are going to be playing hard. Um, you, you got Cooper Cup going for – uh some big records uh i i think he could break like the single season reception and receiving yard records so you know they'll be going hard same thing with the bucks and, and tom brady um but you know to me the you know the biggest game is going to be the sunday night game the uh raiders and the chargers and um you know it, it was i was going to pick that game if, if i didn't pick the alabama georgia game and and i would have taken the uh the raiders plus three i just i don't trust the chargers like they just you know, the Raiders are who they are. You know who they are. I mean, they, you know, they don't have a lot of talent, but they play with a lot of moxie and they always seem to keep the game close. Uh, to me, the Chargers are just more, you know, hit or miss. Uh, you know, they show up one week, they disappear the next. Uh, Herbert looks like he's uh, Joe Montana one week. Next week, he doesn't do anything. So uh, I, I think I would trust the, 
the Raiders in that spot. So I, I think they'll actually win the game outright uh, and make the playoffs. Sorry, uh, it's about that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's, you know, to me, that's the most intriguing game. So it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the games play out and who plays their starters and who, uh, you know, who rests uh, the team, uh, especially with all the COVID stuff going on now and everything. You know, is it more beneficial if you already have a playoff spot in, in hand to uh, – uh, to rest your starters, uh, you know, just in case something happens. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Definitely a, a strange end of the season for the NFL uh, with week 17 and, and the first year having it. Yeah, I, I'm with that. It's it's kind of like the phrase too much of a good thing. I mean, we talked about it a little bit last year with the super wild card round. And now we are seeing this with the super regular season ending, which is like, yeah, I mean, I mean, more football is, is a good. I mean, more football on a national level is is good, I suppose. But it just, like you said, it just doesn't seem that exciting. Like I don't, who would be excited to see the Broncos again? They did you remember they played on Sunday Night Football? They could barely score. Like, and that was with Bridgewater. Like, what are they gonna do without him? Like, I just, eh, I don't know. So uh, let's go to the Kevin's picks, and then we'll we'll continue. But uh, here they go. Thank you very much for sending them in the chat, Kev. Let's go to the picks for week 19. Kevin on the cape with these picks. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, this one? Yeah, this will work. Okay. We're going to go. Kevin says in the chat, he goes Bills giving 16. Jets are going to get murdered. Then he says Pats, Arizona, and Georgia are my picks. Suck it. So Patriots <laughs> giving six and a half. Cardinals giving six and a half. And Georgia, which I thought was kind of bold, giving three. Love it. Love it. All right. So he's going he's going real full on black hat with relish with you guys' picks of Bama. So good for good for you, Kev. Good luck on your picks. And that goes both ways, of course. So it should be really fun. I, and I, I'm excited to see that you're in on this contest too, Kev. So let's do a, a preview of the national championship game. Very interesting spot, folks, because you're looking at the two best teams all year, Bama versus Georgia. Georgia is giving three points. We already know that because of the picks we made. The over-under in the game is 52.5. The game will be played on Monday, January 10th at 8 o'clock Eastern. At, as I think John or Andy made the point, it's an unusual pick for a national championship game. Lucas Oil Stadium is not the first place I think of when you think of, you know, a championship game. Like, I, I just, you know, I know they played a Super Bowl, but, but, but still, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't strike me as a place for a big game. It's such a small building. Big, big 10 country. Yeah, 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 true, yeah, that's true. Of course, <laughs> Big 10 hasn't been in one in a while, so that's funny. But uh, yeah, so you got the you got the mega cast scenario going. You're gonna have the regular telecast on ESPN, and all the other ESPN networks will have different scenarios, like an all twenty two cam. You have the coaches' corner. You're gonna have the celebrities doing pit, you know, watching the game and all sorts of nonsense. But it'll be really fun. So um, good times. I mean, as far as the game itself, I think we've already talked about we've talked about it a little bit. But um, I, I mean. It's an opportunity. It is a golden opportunity for Georgia to right the wrong. And I'll tell you this. What's interesting is that a lot of the public is on Bama, even though they're getting three points. And I find that really peculiar. Usually when you see a public dog that of that of that stature, 
you want to fade it. So um, I'm curious as to what is making that happen or and why hasn't the line gone down? I've seen this in some Super Bowls in the past too. So um, let's go down the line. Let's preview this game. I mean, we know a lot about both of these teams by now. Um, so let me go to John first. Let's get your preview of the the preview of the national championship game on Monday. Very interesting spot. What do you, what do you think, John? Yeah, it should be a good one. Um, obviously, the temptation is just to go right with Alabama again because they just played, you know, under a month ago and Alabama beat them pretty good. But um, I think it's hard to beat two, you know, hard to beat a team like Georgia twice in the same season. I know it's cliche to throw that out there, but, um, you know, they were dominant all year and, you know, Bama had a great game plan against them, but I think Kirby smart can, can make the necessary adjustments for this game. And, um, you know, they're going to have to get something out of Stetson Bennett, obviously. I don't think they could just run the ball and play defense and win. I think that was proven in the first game that um, Alabama might have some success throwing it like they did um and they'll have to they'll have to match it they'll have to match them almost score for score essentially uh not having mechie is going to be huge though um so that that could be play a big role uh in this in this game um so you know i, I would definitely lean towards georgia i think dave you're right in terms of the the public dog i think everyone's going to kind of jump on that saban as an underdog angle um yeah, I, I just it'll be a pretty. I think it definitely be a close game. Um, you know, Georgia. Uh, you know, they they dominated Michigan. I mean, the really the only bad game they had all year was the Alabama game. And I think they were kind of they were kind of almost too into themselves before the, the game. Like everyone was crowning them, and there was really no pressure on them for that game too because they were in the playoff regardless of what happened. And clear, because clearly they lost they lost pretty badly, and they still they still made it in. So, um, you know. It's hard to say that, you know, it's crazy to say that there was no sense of urgency essentially for the SEC championship game, but Bama was clearly the more desperate team um, heading into that matchup. And they just hit them with a great game plan. I mean, they had adjusted their offensive line, which had been really struggling and, and it did well. I, I think it kind of turns around here. Um, the shoe will be on the other foot. And I, I think Georgia will, I think Georgia will get the job done. Um, only minus three. I, I would probably play that right now. Um, I don't think the line's going to go up any. I think if it went to three and a half or four, money would just be pouring in on Bama, I think, at that number. But I think if it went down to, like, Georgia minus one or one and a half or two, I think I think people would be, be really betting Georgia at that number. So I, I think the, the line is pretty is pretty good where, where it is. I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to move it move much, if, if at all, um, between now and game time. So um, I'll go Georgia. Uh, in a close game, a little more lower scoring than last time. Um, say like 26 to 21, Georgia. It's not a terrible pick, I got to say. And and I think there's definitely an argument to be had. That defense is still really, really good and with extra time to prepare for this game. And I, I really do think that that's a big part of it. I think Kirby Smart has going to have an advantage of extra time to prepare for, for Alabama. So you can do things with that defense. It's an incredibly athletic defense. I'm very impressed with it. Um, it, it could – I'm not I'm – not, I, it's, it's also true in the NFL, like beating the same team twice and even more so beating them three times. Like that's just rare. So, um, Andy, you're the resident Alabama expert. What did your feel for this game? I know what side you're on, but I'm curious to see some of the ins and outs of what you think about it. 
I'm no expert. I just, I'm just kind of a fanboy, and I like to gamble on them, and you know, saving, saving the king. It's it's crazy, you know. They, I don't know if they're they're any good. LOL, but you know, three starting quarterbacks in the in the NFL at the moment. But um, no, it's. You know, John made great points. You know, Georgia Georgia could have lost that game 55-3, to and they'd still be in the national championship game, or they'd still be in the playoff. Um, and, you know, the Georgia actually, they were up, I think they went, they were up 7-0 or maybe even 10-0 in the game. Uh, I forget. I need to look that up, but. They were def. Alabama was down for at least the first quarter and a half. That's why when Georgia scored against Michigan, I holding a Michigan ticket. I was like, I ain't worried. Well, that changed. <laughs> but um, no, it's like um, you know, Kirby. I just I can't trust Kirby. I don't know why he he just the way he carries himself on the sideline sometimes, like he was like screaming at Stenson Bennett's face going into halftime on Saturday. And what was the score? Like 28, three or something, whatever it was. I don't know. He yeah. Just, with a big lead. You're right. That, that, that's yeah, he's just very high. He's just a little Ooga Booga, very carries himself like a Will Muschamp, but you know, they're, they're going to have to, they're going to have to maintain whatever offense, you know, they look good on offense against Michigan because Michigan was just so woefully over, you know, they were starstruck, I guess. Um, you know, Alabama, it's very businesslike for them. I like, you know, they got the Heisman Trophy winner, um, heavy dose of, of Robinson, I, that's the thing. I know I'm just kind of rambling here with Alabama. They, you know, some people be like, it, it was a boring game against Cincinnati. It might've been by design. Maybe Saban's got something more up his sleeve. And he didn't want to show it all against Cincinnati when the, when it was 27, six, he was just like, all right, let's just get out of, let's just get out of Dallas with the W and we're going to save our, you know, f- French pastry stuff for, for Georgia in a week's time. Um, so who knows what, what's, what they're going to do. Remember the first drive, I think, I think Alabama like ran like 10 times in a row, their first drive. And then there's other games where they, all they'll do is like throw 10 times in a row. So that for those, those first scripted drives from both teams, you know, I don't think is going to really set the tone for the, the entire game. I think it's just, okay, that's what they did. The scripted drive. Once each team has their scripted drives, then we'll see what happens. You know, the, see who blinks first, see who creates that big turnover, see who Mike bets on. But yeah, I, I don't really know what to tell you from X and O standpoint, besides like I'm taking Alabama. I'd rather just like betting against betting on Aaron Rodgers, betting on Alabama, you're not always going to be on the right end of the ledger, but 
I'd rather be wrong betting on Alabama, betting on Aaron Rodgers, than betting against them and looking like a complete fool. Fair point. Fair point. Absolutely. So now let's swing it to Ron for his preview of this really big, most anticipated national championship game. Yeah, uh, you know, I agree with uh, with Andy. It's it's hard to to bet against uh, Nick Saban in Alabama. It really is. Um, and, and yeah, you know, his points about the, you know, the just the brilliance of like Saban and his coaching staffs. Uh, you know, I saw somebody as the Cincinnati game was going on, um, you know, put it out there and said like, I, it was right before the game, like, you know, Alabama has these all world, obviously talent at every single position, you know, why don't they just run the ball 99% of the time against Cincinnati Cincinnati just will not be able to stop them. And, and essentially that's what his game plan was. And it worked. Um, obviously he can't do that against Georgia. Uh, you know, Georgia has uh, just a, a great defense, <clears throat> but you know, and, and I know this, this might seem cliche, but uh, it, this game does sort of remind me of the year when Alabama played LSU uh, twice, um, you know, in the, in the SEC regular season. And then again, in the, in the national championship game. And, and it, to me, it's got the same type of feeling. Uh, you know, I, I do think it's going to be a lower scoring game. You know, who knows? I'll probably be wrong, but that's, that's the way I'm feeling. It's going to be a lower scoring game. Both teams have good defenses. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I, I have a hard time betting against Nick Saban. Um, you know, I, I could see Alabama winning something like, uh, uh, 23, 17, something like that. I, I think that'll be, uh, somewhere along the, the line. Um, you know, uh, both, both teams are, you know, deserve to be there for sure. And, uh, and, and I think it's easy to say that both teams were the two best teams this year in college football. Uh, and, and I don't think it was particularly close. Um, and, and the scary thing is, is like, I, I know Georgia's losing a, a lot on defense after this year and, you know, they got to find themselves a quarterback. Uh, you know, maybe it'll be uh, uh, Caleb Williams from Oklahoma who, you know, decided to transfer. Uh, but they're they're like one big-time quarterback away from being, uh, you know, at Alabama's level uh, consistently. Uh, so maybe they'll get that done next year. You know, they, they're losing a lot on defense, but Alabama is – I mean, you think about all the guys who – uh, our stars on that team this year, uh, Bryce Young, Will Anderson on defense, like their two best players, they're both coming back next year. I mean, it is the, you know, the way that Saban has run this program is is remarkable. And uh, and, and I, I was reading a, a piece, uh, I think it was yesterday, and uh, you know, somebody said like, you can't complain about Alabama, you sh- or you shouldn't complain about Alabama. You should just appreciate the greatness as it uh, as it unfolds, and uh, and, and wait out Saban because uh, you know what he's doing and what they've done this past decade is uh, it, it's incredible. And uh, you know it, they're going to keep rolling. They're going to be right back here next year, whether people like it or not. Um, you know, just get used to it. We're going to look back on uh, Saban's career very fondly once it's over. I mean, we're complaining about it now. Ah, oh, man, he is always in the championship. But then when that doesn't happen anymore and you see all this parody in college football, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. 
or man, you remember when Saban was like so good with Bama? Remember when Bama was so good? It's gonna happen. That, that day's gonna happen. It's gonna come. And I think when that day comes, we will look back and say, man, Saban's amazing. He's just one of the great coaches of all time. And and he just makes you want to play for him. Like just when you see like the behind the scenes footage of him, you know, coaching and whatever. He's just a brilliant guy, and uh, I root for good. I, I I I respect him a lot. So, and here here's here's one other thing I would say about him, Dave. Is yeah. like, um, you know, he uh, for as good as he is as a coach and, and wins the titles, um, you know, he turns out like legit NFL star players. I mean, there's other teams who who you know recruit five star guys. Um, you know, Ohio State, uh, you know, Georgia, Texas A&M, LSU. And, you know, they don't turn out the amount of, uh, of NFL, like, starting caliber players that Saban does. So I, I think that's something that gets lost in, in the whole Alabama story is, is just how, you know, anybody could recruit five-star guys, but it takes that uh, special coach to actually um, make them realize their potential and turn them into NFL players and, uh, you know, I don't think that gets mentioned enough with Saban. He's uh, he's he's a master at doing that, and he's done it with a million different coaches. So, kudos to him. Big time kudos. I I love that point. I really do because he when a guy comes to the program, he can he leaves the program a better player than he was going in, and that does not happen with a lot of programs. It's a very good point. USC. You think about uh, USC. Uh, you know, not to harp on that. A but, number one example yeah. of that, right? A number one example. Absolutely great point. So, um, so with that, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up. I mean, this has been a good year, a very fun year. And uh, and John, we'll give it to you for final thoughts as we head into a pretty good weekend of football. Definitely a great weekend as far as the college side. So, uh, what do you uh, what what can what what what's uh, your final thoughts as we close in on the playoffs here in the NFL too? Yeah, it's been a great season. Um... I've been lucky enough to have a good season with the picks here on the show, so I'm very pleased about that. Even if I go on four, it's been a respectable season. After last year was pretty rough, so I'm definitely glad about that. And, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, looking forward to the to the uh, Week 18 finale this week and then, of course, the national championship game. And um, we'll have wild card games to, to break down next week, Dave, if you're going to have us back. That's right. Absolutely. So. I'd be most obliged to do the uh, NFL playoff preview. That'd be really fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be great. We'll, do, we'll have the championship game to uh, take in, uh, to, to reflect on. And then we'll have the, uh, the wild card weekend, which is now onto Monday night football. They added. Yeah. Again. Like I think Andy's point is right on. Like just because you can, like doesn't mean you should. Like last year was perfect. Three games Saturday, three games Sunday. Like why would you? Why would you upset that with a Monday night football game? I don't know. I mean, we're all, we're all going to watch, but it just yeah. just doesn't feel right. No, um, I will say I'm also excited for for uh, the PGA Tour to start again tomorrow in Hawaii. Was the first event of the year, so. Um, 34 weeks of golf action, baby. When the Tour Championship is here in September, the football season will be here as well. That weekend, we'll be back. So, uh, you know, we, Mike used to say you measure time through baseball. It's like we're measuring time through the through the golf season. So um, <laughs> can't wait for, for that. And Dave will just have to do our major shows later on in, in the in the year. So Ooh, yes. uh, good stuff all around in the, in the sports world. Yeah, no doubt about it. John, who won the the uh, who won the pick and pool in in your league? 
Oh, they're still going. It's the final week this week. So okay. uh, there's there's four left. So everyone will get the results um, on, on Monday. Everyone will see the final results. All right. Good luck, everyone. So uh, let's get it to – let's see. We did uh, – Andy, let's get your final thoughts as we round out the remainder of this contest. Yeah, a cu- couple quick final thoughts. One about college coaches and with Saban and uh, what makes them so successful in college, like – almost makes them not successful in the NFL. We'll keep Belichick. He's like an outlier because he definitely is a micromanager. But I read an article, I skimmed an article about Matt Rule and saying how he's like, he's wearing out his welcome at at Carolina because he's a micromanager. It's like, but that's what made him so successful at Baylor. You don't think Nick Saban's a micromanager? Uh, so it's very different in the NF in the, in college, like, yeah, you are an emperor. If you're a head coach, you can be an emperor. You can do everything you want. You don't have to answer to anybody. And if you're a coach in the NFL, unless you're Belichick, like you probably have to talk with like the owner might want to talk to you every Monday morning and you have to deal with front office analytic people and it's not your way or the highway. So it's just a very different element and uh you know arguably you know you might rather just want to be a head coach that might be a better job for some of these guys that quote unquote micromanage their way as a uh as their tool to be successful um and then um, i already can't wait for these guys to talk about the august preview because um i don't know maybe you get like the college football version of fiddle because I just can't get over how, like, you had this huge narrative of there's too many bowls that they're meaningless, and then the same people that said these bowls are meaningless, they're also the same people that are getting mad at the players for opting out. Well, if the bowl game's so meaningless, why are you mad at these players for opting out of this quote-unquote meaningless game? <laughs> and then you had a lot of uh, – cancellations of the bowl games for COVID, but as Ron had mentioned on the board a couple weeks ago, like it might be uh, some of these schools are, uh, might not think it's cost effective to send their teams to the, you know, the Bahamas or even Fenway park in the middle of December or whatever. And they're using (laughs) the COVID as an excuse. But if there's truth to the fact that these smaller schools, not even smaller schools, that these schools are losing money going to lower tier bowl games. Um, but then on the other end of the spectrum, the big schools are having these players sign huge NIL deals. Like where's the money, Mike, where, where's the money? Like, right. <laughs> seriously, like the money's coming from somewhere and on the other end, these other schools are saying that they can't afford to support, you know, you know, the uh, Mayo Bowl or whatever. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I can't wait for next year already. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'll just jump in with two quick things. Like, Kirk Herbstreit is such full of shit. Like, all his network does for months and months and months is talk about the playoff, the playoff, the playoff. Like, we can't wait for the rankings of the playoff. And then he's surprised when these guys – who have a pro future don't want to play in bowl games that aren't the playoff. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's such, it's such bullshit. Um, it, that, that his comments were, were really dumb in my opinion. 
Um, and then, and then, yeah, I completely agree about the what what, the, what these bowls might do now is they could start giving NIL money. It's like okay, like we'll give you twenty grand to play in the the Mayo Bowl, you know, or something like that. If you if you were planning to sit out, so that that could be the next step in this this whole thing. It certainly is the wild wild. Yep. And, and it's it's interesting you bring that up because I, I have to feel bad for uh, Matt Corral, Ole Miss quarterback. He wanted to play, and what happens? He, I mean, as far as I know, it seems like looked like he wrecked his ACL during the game. I mean, that's just a tough break for that guy. So, um, Ron, let's give it to you for final thoughts. Yeah, you know, uh, just piggybacking off of what Andy said, um, I. Uh, uh, not to be a LT or, or, uh, you know, the Mex man or, you know, one of those guys, but I did have a, a friend, uh, pretty high up in Rutgers, um, back when Chiano's first run was going on. And I think they made, uh, man, I think it was like the Toronto bowl, something like that. Uh, they had a you know, just like bowl? one of those. The yeah, international the international bowl. Like, oh, yeah, the international like bowl. Absolutely. You kind of played there once. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah, and, and I remember, uh, he, you know, he told me, like, uh, they didn't sell their allotment of tickets to the – because who the hell wants to go to Toronto in uh, <laughs> the middle of December? Um, and, and the school ended up losing, like, a ton of money and was actually pissed off that they even accepted the bowl bid. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's where I got that, you know, that thought from is, you know, if you're one of these lower schools and no one wants to travel to, you know, from uh, – uh, Akron, Ohio to, to the Bahamas, um, you know, maybe it's easier to say that you, you can't feel the team and, uh, and be done with it, but who knows? Uh, but there should be more bulls. make, give, give every team a bowl. I don't care. Uh, you know, it's more football to watch, uh, you know, and, and it's fun. It, it gives you a reason to do something in December. So, uh, I'm all for, you know, more, the more bowls, the better. Um, yes. but you know, it's, it's, uh, and, and, you know, I, it, it's not cut and dry. I mean, it's all up to the kid, right? Uh, you know, if they think they, uh, they, you know, they would be better off uh, training with, uh, you know, a trainer in California than uh, playing in the, uh, you know, the Tostitos, you know, Fiesta Bowl or something like that, more power to them. I mean, they're, uh, you know, they're on the verge of uh, making – millions and millions of dollars. So I, I would never uh, fault a, a kid for saying that he's not comfortable playing a bowl game. Uh, you know, for a lot of them, it's just not worth it. And, uh, you know, the whole narrative that you, you're playing for your brothers and uh, it's all bullshit. I mean, you know, let's be fair. Like half the guys on these teams probably hate each other anyway. Um, you know, and, and the offense sticks with the offense, the defense sticks with the defense and, you know, you got to look out for yourself in that situation. Um, and, and my last, uh, my last thing is, uh, you know, uh, it's about the NIL deals. You know, I, I think it's great what's happening actually in college football and how the kids are able to get paid now, and the uh, the, the growth of the transfer portal because it really is starting to give these players, um, you know, the power that you know a lot of these, like Andy said, these micromanagers and these these emperors. Uh, you know, who think they, you know, run these kids' lives. It's it's given the power to, to the kids now. And uh, and I, I think, in all honesty, it's, you know, I don't know where it's going to go in the future. It's probably going to 
you know, uh, change the whole landscape of, of college football. But uh, to me, it's a good thing. Uh, you know, let these kids, you know, you get, you get promised. Uh, I'm sure every kid who gets recruited gets promised playing time and the chance to be a starter and you get there and uh, you get, you know, put third string behind some, some other kid who transferred in or something like that. You know, you should be able to move about and go to a different school and not be held there. And, uh, you know, and especially like, uh, you know, I was, I was following a story as the season went on with the, the coach in Temple, uh, Rod Carey, who got fired. And, uh, and there were stories coming out of there about how he was just like this awful guy to uh, certain players, like, uh, you know, never gave them a shot. Uh, you know, would basically like him and like uh, a couple of assistants would just bully them and, uh, you know, uh, you know, leave things in their lockers and stuff like that. And I mean, uh, you know, 10 years ago, those kids were stuck, you know, in, unless they, uh, you know, they transferred out of school and went and played at an FCS school and, you know, basically ruined their future. Those kids are stuck. Um, so the fact that they can now uh, move around and get away from those toxic relationships with, uh, with certain coaches, uh, I, I think it's a great thing. And, uh, and, and I think uh, the more power that the, the student athletes have, I think the better it's going to be for the game overall uh, going forward. Well said, Ron. I will say, you know, a couple of points. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry to, to – to, I mean, I, I think the idea that coaches got paid like tens of millions of dollars to me seems like a disgrace. Like, really? The coach? I just never – I just never could vision. I just can't wrap my head around that. So giving some of that back to the players, I'm all for it. So uh, that's it, folks. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. It's been a great contest, y'all. Have a great, have a great rest of your week. Good luck on the picks and uh, all the best, guys. I'll, I'll see you later. Take care, everybody. Yeah. Good luck. See you guys. Yeah. Take it easy, fellas. We'll see you in a week for for the call it for the NFL playoff preview. That should be a good time, and. Uh, so thanks again, Andy, Ron, and John. It's a good spot. Uh, this was a very comprehensive show, so we hope you enjoyed it, everybody. If you missed any of it, you can go back on a replay right here on our YouTube page or go to ditcow.com and catch the audio replay on our podcast feed. We hope you've been, we'll, you'll enjoy all the analysis and all the cool stuff that goes with it. Um, so enjoy your rest, the rest of your evening, everybody. And uh, those of you, if you have any comments about the show, whatever, or what have you, uh, feel free to let us know on Twitter. We're at Didcow over there. But uh, until then, good luck with all your action. We hope, you're, well, we hope we pick some winners for all of you. And uh, enjoy all the games this weekend. And we'll see you next time.